Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Welcome to the Goddamn Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Eric Hoff, and with me, as always, is... Keegan Preslak. Hello, everybody. And sitting next to him... Oh, God. Is uh, Ben Preslak. We're doing this shit on the cuff. We got three people in here with two mics, but guess what? We're finally fucking recording. Yeah, it's only been about six months. Correct. And uh, it's been quite a journey to get this podcast recorded. And, and then first of all, I want to start out... Well, hello, Eric. Hello. How are you? I'm great. We're recording. Yeah. No, uh, I want to first off apologize for our last episode of the podcast, which was just one of the most atrocious sounding uh, worst and one of the worst people ever was on it. Uh, well, shout out to Dana. Shout out Dana. No, uh, the, I thought the content of that episode was really good. It was our, what, what do we call it? Uh, it was the Lo-Fi Corona episode. We yes. just wanted to do a catch-up episode, uh, and we did it remotely. Yeah. We did it over the Anchor podcast. Which we love Anchor, our overlords at Anchor, hello, uh, which is now owned by Spotify, Interesting. By the way. But uh, no, it's great, but at a certain point, our audio got out of sync, and not only did it sound bad, but then I was out of sync with you guys. I was hoping it was going to be the best thing in the world, because then I'd be like, let's record all the fucking time if I never actually have to make any effort. Right. I just sat on my couch and turned on my phone, you, which I'm already fucking doing. Right. And you wanted to sit and play a video game the whole time we were recording, I did, but I vetoed but you that. You could hear the clacking of the controller. Yeah, a few other things were clacking as well, but we won't, yeah. we won't get into that on this podcast. Yes. Um, Tune n- into our other podcast. Yeah. Clacking. <laughs> the <laughs> podcast. The Clack Squad. Yes. There you go. Anyways, I just want to apologize that episode. Uh, like, it sucks, like I said, because I feel like the content was good. Everything we said was good. Dana was really good. It just sounded horrible. And so I kind of vetoed us ever really recording remotely again just because I want it to sound like Ghoul Squad, which is, of course, bad, but not that bad. Right, Eric? Right. Usually we're bad content, but not quality bad. Right. right. But, uh, yeah, so why haven't we recorded, uh, Eric? And we'll, we'll get Ben in here in a sec. Why don't you start, Eric? Like, what, what's been going on in the world? Uh, why haven't we recorded? I mean, Go for, ahead. for starters, I have an aversion to the podcast, period. But then when you put us into a goddamn pandemic, uh, you know, Edoc didn't want to get together with anybody. Definitely. And ben. Of, ben. <laughs> and, of course, you know, that puts a hamper on the ghoul squad. Ben, go ahead. What do you have to say about us not recording for six months? This is my brother, by the way. It this hasn't is ben been Preslack. six months. It's been like three. Probably the absolute worst transition into uh, bringing a person in by just randomly asking me that. But uh, That's what we like to do here on the podcast. You just got to slide the mic on over. Yeah, just slide it over. Uh, yeah, coronavirus. Uh, it's been pretty crazy. Um, well, that's, that's a worst. <laughs> Thank you, thanks, man. It was a good. Hey, you didn't episode. even ask me a question. Uh, your thoughts on Ghoul Squad not recording. I feel like, and I'm sorry for robbing your time, Ben P. Now's the time for Ghoul Squad to rise up because of everything that's happening with like Cinestate and all those horror podcasts that are like temporarily taking a break. Now's the time for Ghoul Squad to fill people's ears. Yes. Yeah. That whole thing is really sad. Uh, 
I guess I'll just leave it at that. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say because I, I read that article about Sin State mm-hmm. and um, it sucks. And like, I feel like what's sad is like, I feel like that's your brand. I'm joking, Eric, but you love all those movies. Like I, everything that those guys made, you loved. I like S. Craig Zeller. Yep. I like Joe Bigos. Interestingly, there hasn't been a statement from S. Craig Zeller, but please continue. Well, uh, I don't know what to continue about. No, uh, I should also quickly say, and then we'll get Ben here. Okay. Uh, uh, we're at Ben's. <laughs> we're, we're at Ben's house. We're at um, Ben P's house. So Ben is my Much brother. Much nicer table. Much nicer table. Uh, Keegan's not sitting s- on a pillow. A similarly annoying dog is here as well, so we should put that out there. Well, uh, there's he a- hasn't made any noise yet. Well. Uh, I wish you guys could see him right now. So his name is Colby, uh, otherwise known as Colby Jack. He's a small Yorkie, and he has several um, deficiencies. Let's just put it that way. No, he, uh, he's adorable, but he may make noise in the podcast, and uh, so he'll be Which our- is a new trait of the pod. Right. Ben, why don't you go ahead and talk about your dog? My dog? Yes, uh, Well, dog. his name is Colby Jack. He is okay. named after cheese. Uh, he <laughs> is a Yorkshire Terrier. Uh, but he's trim, nice and trim. He has a nice, cute haircut. That was the first thing I noticed when I walked in. That's uh, that's he likes being nice and trim. He's uh, very fashionable. Ooh, he has, trims the dog. Uh, we Your wife, or no, do you take no, someone? We take somebody because we are very wealthy people. We have other people groom our dogs. Okay. For us. <laughs> he's, he well, likes the dog's to be, so small. I imagine you can't take too long. He's very fashionable with a kerchief around his neck. Um, you you may say that he likes fashion more than monster trucks per se that makes sense well that that's it that's all i got about COVID. so what we want from you ben is talk about the podcast talk about eric and covid19 so go ahead and talk about go ahead uh well the podcast is called ghoul squad it is a podcast that's done um sometimes and it is about horror movies and uh eric is a part of that podcast uh, Eric, uh, as said on the last podcast, uh, on the last episode, uh, has, uh, a fear, if not, uh, just a, uh, a distaste for, uh, bacteria. Okay. Um, and in this pandemic, uh, I know you touched on it in the last episode, but I'm very curious to see how you are doing and how you've, uh, su- su- uh, survived. Survived. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, you know. Tell us your story, Eric, about uh, survival in I, these trying times. I sort of felt like COVID was kind of finally dying down. Or maybe people just started losing interest because there was other world issues that were pressing. Um, and then all of a sudden there was a confirmed case in the fucking office. Yeah. Tell and, us about that. And it was, Where do you work, Eric? I, I for mean, the Federal Reserve. I'm a, Yes. I work for the Federal Thank Reserve. Thank you for your service. Uh, delivering gold. Do you know what a fucking asshole told me that one time in the Walmart serious? parking lot? Was it me? And I just wanted to be like, fuck you, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Because like, he was just like being a dick. Were you wearing you know? your costume? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, after work, I was wearing my fucking uniform. <laughs> and I'm walking through the Walmart parking lot, and this guy's like, thank you for your service. I wanted to be like, shut up. That's fantastic. It's the dumbest thing ever. So tell us about this case at okay. your office. Okay, so, you know. Let's rewind the clocks more than a week ago. Okay. Today is Friday, June 12th, and I got this information last Tuesday. I don't know what day it was. Can we subtract eight days? I have no idea. Let's say it was was June the 4th. Okay. It also really doesn't matter what day it was, but go ahead. Okay. So uh, my supervisor calls everybody around her desk 
And she proceeds to tell us that there's a confirmed COVID case in the office. And Eric's blood pressure went through the roof. And here's what's fucked up. Here's what's fucked up. Not that they had the virus. This is all fucked up, G. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. This is what's fucked up. This is a Tuesday. Now, I worked that Monday, right? The following day. And it was like Monday at 11 a.m. when they got the word. So when I get back to the office Monday evening, there's this guy there who's already like, he's like there because like COVID it, is it, there. It's like, it's like Marlena in Cloverfield. Like there's someone behind a sheet that you can see through and they explode. No. No, it's not like, okay, well, I thought it could be similar he, he, to that. He's like there to like start whatever precautions now need to be taken. Okay. Okay. And then I get there Tuesday and everybody's wearing a mask. And I'm like, what's going on? No, like nobody fucking bothers to tell me. Oh, no one ever that told you that they have a confirmed COVID case. Yeah, like I have to find out the next day because everybody's wearing masks. I walk in there like a fucking idiot, maskless. <laughs> they probably thought that you wouldn't come to work if they told you. Well, interestingly, uh, I'm US, glad you mentioned the that. USPS currently has what's called liberal leave. And if you've got the like vacation time, they won't question it. You can just take the time off Hell if yeah. you're uncomfortable. Does Eric have the fucking vacation time? No, I don't. God damn it. Because you know my ass would be off for like the next three months. Anyways, I get there. This is Tuesday morning now. I find out like a dummy why everybody's wearing masks. She, she calls a meeting around her desk. Okay. Actually, I don't find out until she tells us around, around the desk, right? And I've got my hand on like a cart. I'm like leaning back on it, looking all cool and pretty. And then that's when she tells us. And I'm like, God damn it. You know, I don't want to be fucking touching anything. And then that's when she proceeds to tell us who it was. uh, And that she named names with who she's interacted with most. And so those people that she interacted with most, they were going to have to be quarantined for 14 days. And what kind of upset me was like, I interacted with some of those people. So that's when she tells us I've set up for... Uh, everyone here to get tested if they want. It's not mandatory, but we strongly encourage it, right? So they're passing around this fucking sign-up sheet, and the fucking sign-up sheet just goes missing. And so I'm, like, asking my supervisor, I'm like, hey, I want to fucking sign up for the fucking test. And everyone's like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck do you lose the COVID testing sign-up sheet? Eric Hoff, always exposing the USPS uh, yes. one month at a time on the Ghoul Squad podcast. Yes. So I hope the USPS never hears uh, any of our episodes. Oh, I got, I got some. Yeah, Ben's going to go off on it, but g- g- tell your story. That's he, fine. He's got questions for you about There's the, all, all these people uh, like out on like, vacation right now, and there's a few people taking advantage of the liberal leave now, and... I don't know what the fuck's going on down there right now. I know everyone's like out super late now. I don't. I'm not looking forward to going back next week. Anyways, I sign up. Right, they, I finally fucking track it down. I'm a goddamn bloodhound in the goddamn office, you know, sniffing out this fucking sign up sheet. And of course, did you have like one of those little, um, one of those little like flannel uh, uh, hats? Those yeah. hunting hats, more like a corn cob pipe that like blows bubbles out of it. No, no I had like one of those like duck whistles. A, d- a, a duck whistle. So I had one of those duck whistles. This is what she tells us, the supervisor, that several employees, workers from the Eddy County Health Office is going to come to the fucking office and do the testing there. This is what she fucking tells us. 
And of course, the following day is my day off. And I'm like, God damn it, I got to come to work on my day off, right? But of course, I want to get tested, right? So that evening, I'm home from work, and one of the union leaders calls me. And he's like, hey, it's not going to be at the office. They want us all to go to the Eddy County Health Office before we start our routes and get tested then. And I'm like, well, God damn it, it's my day off. When you went to the, because I'm assuming you went, because you, did you go in a bubble? Did you actually go buy one of those bubbles? Or did I, you take your cootie key? I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll okay. get to the test. Okay. Okay, so he says, make sure you have your employee fucking badge. And, of course, I leave my employee fucking badge in my locker every day. So I wake up bright and fucking early on my day off so I can go to the fucking office so I can get my employee fucking badge. And side note, the Eddie County Health Office is on my route. So, and, and what sucks is I'm not allowed in that building anymore. Uh, like, you know, you have to have, like, an appointment. And so when I get there to deliver the mail... I have to call the front desk, and I'm like, uh, I've made a very, very small, very tiny. I've made a grave mistake. I've made a very small, very tiny um, rapport with the receptionist. You know, so when she answers the phone now, what I'm like. What kind of rapport? Just quick, friendly, dropping off the mail rapport. Okay, sure, Eric. Go ahead. You know, so I call her, and I'll be we like. believe you. So I call her, you know, and I'll be like, hey, Stephanie, it's Eric. I got the mail outside. She comes outside. Have a nice day. What are you wearing? That's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Normal stuff. So I Just get up early to get my fucking badge and I fucking blow my nose for like 10 minutes because I'm thinking they're going to stick the shit up my nose. Yeah. And I don't want to just be fucking booger nose filled, right? Right. You so I blow my nose kids. for 10 fucking minutes. I'm up early on my day off. I go get my fucking badge. And then, you know, I'm in my own personal vehicle and I drive up there. It's drive through testing, right? And I can tell they're like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, because they, like, they set aside a time block. Right. Between like 7 and 30, to, from 7.30 to 9.30 just you're for not USPS. you're AEV or what, what is it called? LLV. LLV. Right, exactly. So, you know, but I got my badge. I'm ready to present them with my badge, you know. And Stephanie's out there. And she's like, oh, that's Eric. So I didn't even have to fucking go for my badge. And then the lady who's doing the testing, she's like open wide and she shoves this shit down my throat. So I didn't have to fucking blow my nose either. But it was probably good to blow your nose. I mean, period. But I wouldn't have spent that much time with it. How much time did you spend blowing your nose? I like 10 minutes, G. God damn. And then about (laughs) what a day. And then like four days passed. Uh, you check your results. There's there's an online, online yeah. website. Yeah, put in my name, portal, my, my birthday, the day I got tested. E dogs COVID free. As of I was gonna last say Wednesday. as of a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So we don't know now. Well, fingers crossed. I'm feel it made me feel a lot better for the time being. Well, speaking of thank you and Eric, and now what a masks great story. are mandatory in the office. Thank God. Yeah. Well, try wearing a mask delivering mail in a hundred degrees. So you haven't quit yet. I, I, I'm just joking when we say this, but I feel like if this is still around in like a week, <laughs> I, I was going to say Christmas, I'm done. You know, <laughs> I'm, fuck, fuck? I'm fucking done, Doc. <laughs> if this is still around by Christmas. Like, this is going to be the shittiest year ever. I'm cause done. Because it, it's an election year, so there's tons of political fucking mail. Yeah. Then the mail's going to be heavy because of Christmas. And then you want me to deal with this fucking virus too with a mask on my face? And and COVID has affected you guys how? In your jobs? Thank you for asking, Eric. Yeah, it really hasn't all that much. No? Uh, no, I mean, 
we're kind of like in my job out in the oil field, we're kind of not, we're kind of segregated. Yeah. Mm. Like we're in our, we have our own trucks. We go to our own locations and we see people, but not that many. So, I mean, we have contact. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but it's not like you go to an office every day and Mm. there's 40 people standing around. Um, you kind of have your own office in your truck. So it's not that we don't have that much contact. The most contact I probably have is at the gas station in the morning. Like that's where I see the most people and, and Carl's had no one. What do you mean by gas station? Like literally like going what to I'm, gas well, for your so truck? Like, so like you drive up and you pump gas. Okay. Your own gas. Yeah. At a gas up station. Your ass. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean you, you have to go to the pump and, and, and touch the, the pump. I've been taking you know what gloves. I mean? Yeah. I, like when I first started going during, when this started, I would use my work gloves to pump. But then now I'm just like, um, well, I don't want to tell you this because you're over here recording now. I, I kind of let off it because it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like. Well, didn't the CDC finally put out, like, you can't contact it through touch now? Yeah, but then they've also put out, like, masks work. They don't work. Like, they nothing makes any sense. I'm pretty sure you're just going to get sick if you're going to get sick. I mean, we right. should take precautions. I don't want to imply that. But, like, I feel like you're just going to get sick if you're going to get sick. Mm. I, I, I believe that my job has not been that affected by covid like because we're in our own trucks and i'm out in the oil field so i don't see that many people but i feel like yours is like really you're around a, I, i'm a still fuck supposed to i'm still supposed to go to the door yeah like they and still you, want us fucking knocking on people's doors and you still don't get signatures or anything which is great right we're supposed yeah. to sign for them now which is something that uh I'm, I'm gonna have a hard time going back to when this is over like it's so convenient not having to hand out my scanner yeah and i don't want to fucking go back to that so you've been able to become lazy is what you're saying yes and i'm all for it you know what's that's, also, that's eric's specialty what's right also there. great is you know like a lot of businesses have been closed so i don't have to like stop i've got oh few, yeah i've got a few businesses that i did have to go into that now put mailbox up outside so that's convenient so uh covid have packages, has made me lazy have packages increased because people are ordering all kinds of shit Pack- since they can't go out uh, well and that and there's another reason actually um i guess you know there's been like COVID cases in Amazon uh, shipping centers. So a lot of people have aren't working, but they still have these fucking packages to ship out. So I guess they've hired like temporary or relief workers or whatever. So now all these like back parcels that have, should have already gone out are like still coming through. So it's like, I don't want to call it Christmas, but it's fucking heavy. Yeah. yeah. I figured it would be because I mean, I've been ordering toilet paper online anytime I can. It's back in stock, G. It's readily available at Walmart. Question of mine would be uh, is random, but kind of about what you're carrying. Okay. Uh, how much smaller of a load do you think you would have to carry? Uh, not internally, but within the mail. Um, if you didn't have so much junk mail, there'd like, be no mail. Doc. Tell us about tell us so about your if load. There, if there wasn't fucking junk mail. So, I mean, every day you're gonna get Domino's. Every day you're gonna get fucking Wells Fargo. Otherwise. I don't think I'd be out of a job. I I, I feel like uh, you mentioned that uh, there's a small chance that you would uh, be leaving the job if this uh, COVID-19 stuff, you know, permeates through the rest of the year. Yes. Um, uh, Well, I I feel like we need to start a revolution. I I, I want to defund USPS. I want USPS to tank 
harder than uh than enron uh per se i i absolutely hate the mail service not you not you know the nice just, mail people just because of junk mail uh just because of junk mail really is because i have to go all the way to my mailbox which is quite a ways away it is and then i have to in the wind i don't know if anybody knows this we live in the wind capital of america it's not chicago it's here in this small town in the middle of nowhere uh and i take all the mail out and it's all these thin pages for Domino's and KFC and right. Long John Silver's. And, and what Ben doesn't like is he drops all of them because Ben's clumsy. And then he has to pick them up off the ground. It's that the, is the and, they, and they're the thinnest paper. So you can't yes. pick it up off the ground. And this is legal in America. And we allow this. And, and to be clear, Ben wants to defund the people that pay you your salary. E-Dog has a rebuttal. Uh, you're complaining about one piece of junk mail. No, several. Okay, okay. So what Ben's referring to is uh, at the end of uh, the very last Tuesday of every month, we get what's called circulars, and it's very loose. It's it's like a book of coupons, and it falls apart. These super. Are, I'm fucking already easy. shocked to find out that these are actually something you. I first of all didn't even know that they actually had a date that they yes. come out every month. Yes, and and they and more often than not, like they have to go out that Tuesday. You know, like they can't just sit around the office. You know, a lot of those coupons are dated. So my rebuttal to you is, you're complaining about getting one of those. I have to deliver a thousand of those <laughs> on that last day being, of Tuesday. But at least you're being paid for it. True. But it's fucking windy. So, that shit is falling apart. I'll get out to fucking deliver a mail, and, and a little breeze goes through my LLV, and those fucking <laughs> things just open up, and they're all over the fucking back of my shit. The worst part is, is that sometimes some of these things, and, and that's not the only piece of junk. I'm talking about every junk mail, sure. such as those big mailers from Domino's or mm-hmm. all those random things. The worst part about them is that when they fly away, there is a small part of me. I don't litter. But there's a small part of go. me that wants to just let it go. But it has my address. It has my address on it, Eric. Not not those circulars. Okay, you'll no you'll, no no the the ones you were talking about do not right. It, You're it, right. It just says uh, like home resident. But I will say like every time one of those have flown away, there's somebody in the area. Somebody watched sure. it happen every time. But if it's something else, it's got my address on it. And and just there's to, always a witness to this heinous crime. And just to pile on some more shit, you know. A lot of these times we'll get, uh, you know, junk mail that's not in order. And I have to sit there I, I wondered in the about this. fucking morning and I have to put it in order. For no reason. All for motherfuckers like you that just want to drop it and yes, run. No reason. Because <laughs> no one opens that and goes, thank you're, God. You're right. You're right. This coupon for Domino's has I've, saved my family's life. Also, <laughs> these coupons that they're mailing are available on Online. the website, on the app. You don't need them. I've handed motherfuckers those fucking circulars before, and I've seen them just dump it in the trash. That is I mean, awesome. I do, this, I do the same fucking See, thing because I live on my route. So I get one of those, and I dump it in the trash. <laughs> Keegan has a trash can. Uh, he lives in an apartment complex, and right. they have a trash can located right next to the mailbox. Genius. Maybe you I, should I petition your fellow neighbors. I let's, actually agree. Let's agree get a this. trash can out there. Let's get it chained to something. Yep. Because we hate the fucking mail. You know what? The mail lady might appreciate it because she could probably like, oops. There's a large ditch next to my mailbox that yes. goes under like a bridge. And sometimes that ditch is full of water. And there are times where I consider just, just chucking them in the ditch. I don't. I don't ever do that. 
What Make I, that clear. What I hate also is motherfuckers. <laughs> this is Ben's statement. Put I've it never on the done record. That. I've never done that. Um, motherfuckers will be like waiting like by their mailbox for their mail. And it's like, you don't have to fucking do this. <laughs> all right. This is all you're getting today. It's awful. They want yeah. those goddamn coupons for Ross. Well, what's funny. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys a little fucking story. When I thank God. By the way, this is a I'm, horror podcast. We are really off the rails here. This is a horror movie. It's also a USPS podcast. Let's yes. Be real. Okay. When I we went, just hope the USPS never hears it. When I went for fucking training, there's a section on how to carry the fucking mail. You know, you think you just put it in your hand, right? Well, you know, there's ways to like handle the circulars, like which direction is up when you put them in your fucking sack. You know what the fucking trainer told us? If something flies out, you don't got the fucking time for that. You just keep going. And that's, that's what incredible. you fucking do. That's incredible. Yep. Just that's let awesome. that that's shit a per- go. That's perfect training for Eric Hoff. Yep. So. That's all I got, actually. What else, what else you got, G? That's it. I've been, I've been trying and waiting <laughs> to get that off of my chest. I've thought about tweeting it a few times. I thought, you know, that's a real shot at Eric. I'd feel real bad if he lost his job. Now I've gotten to the point. I don't care about Eric's job. I don't care about Betty's job at the office. I don't care Betty? about... Yeah, what name another name? John. Is there a John there? <laughs> there's not a John. There's a few mics. There's not a single John. There's, there's a few mics. Johnless. It, uh, it, got, it got to a point where I had to uh, uh, describe them with a trait. There's nice mic. There's trainer oh, mic. Yeah. There's new mic. There's mechanic mic. We had nice mic for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good he, guy. Nice mic used to do this route. He's gone, like gone, gone, like he, rest he, in peace. We don't know where he, the hell he, he is. He went to an easier, better route. This route you motherfuckers live on gets the most parcels. Oh, it's I can't even imagine. Fucked up. Because this is big oil country over here, I boy. I would fucking do this route, dude. It'd be like 100 parcels on a Wednesday. There's like a bunch of Yeti catalogs. Everybody and else is fucking getting 12, 20, 100 every day. NRA pamphlets and stuff like that. One time, the, the lady who does this route, she lives on this route. I got another fucking dumb story for y'all motherfuckers. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm here for this. I got another dumb story for y'all motherfuckers. Okay. By the way, we never said what this episode is. Oh, we're doing our, our top, top 10 of the decade. Top 10 of the decade. We chose wow. 2010 2019. to 2019. Which is something we wanted to do at the start of the year because that's what every other fucking horror podcast is. It, it's now doing. June. And it's now June. And which we're finally is the fucking sixth. This is the sixth month of the year. I suggest we get to the pod after this bullshit. Okay, go ahead. Guys got no, more. go, Eric. Be- okay. The Desperately mother- want to hear your next story. I shouldn't call her a motherfucker. Whoa, the, the, whoa. the lady who does this route lives on this route. Okay? It's a Monday. It's kind of heavy. And uh, I finish my route. And my supervisor's like, hey, can you go help her before you come in? And I'm like, God damn it. I don't want to help nobody. I want to fucking go in. In general. Like, wanna, it's not even just about the job. I want to go you home. You don't want to help anybody. I want to go home, right? And I'm like, okay, where is she? So, you know, our, our scanners track us. It has GPS. You know, so that's how they, they know where we are at all times. So you threw it in the ditch so it looked like you were going down the street? Um, if, we, if we're if we in one location for longer than 30 minutes, it alerts them. If, if we back up too far, you know, backing up is a no-no. It alerts them. He's like, yeah, she's on Mountain View. Uh, excuse me. Mountain Shadow. There's a street near her. And I'm like, God damn it. I know she lives there. Uh, in that area. So I'm hoping she's doing the route that she's not at her house. And when I get there, sure enough, she's on her break. Right? So I go. And what happened, Eric, on this break? And I go and I I knock on the door and her husband answers. And he's like giving me, and I'm like, hey, is Karina here? And he's like giving me this like tough guy like, yeah. Are, are you wearing short shorts at this point? 
like I'm wearing my fucking uniform. And I want to be like, bro, come on. I'm here because of that, not because of <laughs> something else. And that's the end of the goddamn story. Brilliant. Thank you. That was fantastic. You know what? Let's cut that out. Nope. We're not cutting any of this out. Let's, let's cut that out. Okay. So. Well, we're going to talk that's, more now. That's but uh, work. That was work. And uh, thank you, Eric. Thank you. I hope, I hope anybody out there wants to hear your work stories. I know yeah. I do. I've got my paper I notes. Can, I can say as a listener that uh, I believe the work stories and stuff like that. The stuff that you guys give uh, personal takes on is uh, some of the best stuff. So. I, I got a question for Ben P. Are you going to listen to this episode since you're mm, that's, in this that's episode? That's going to be a hard no. Kind of hear uh, it? Well, I think after I, uh, you know, take my leave here in a moment, uh, I will be putting headphones on and not listening to a, a fucking word you guys have oh. to say. And in that case, I will probably fast forward, especially not to hear my voice. It's I've like done, an hour. I've done. I, I This could not have gone any less flawlessly. <laughs> uh, and I do not ever want to hear it again. But um, yeah. So should I take my leave now? Yes, you should, but also say hello to Josh well, I, Chavez. I wasn't going to say hello. I actually had planned already that I was going to make sure to give a quick fuck you to Josh Chavez, uh, and that would be it. So One of these days, you guys are going to have to fill me in the story with this Joshua Chavez. Well, he's a, he, he gave us a five-star review, but he just oh. said never have Ben Preslak on the podcast again. Oh, okay. Which he couldn't have been any more wrong about. Clearly, I've done uh, spectacularly. Well, last time you had your mic. No, a third mic would probably be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you never record. Uh, this podcast is never going anywhere. Uh, Although you already heard my theory. People need Ghoul Squad now. This is it. It's not the fucking Ghoul Squad people want, but it's, it's what the they're going to get. Ghoul Squad they deserve. <laughs> yep. Well, that's okay. it. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, have a fantastic show. Uh, and uh, Colby will be uh, trotting around, making little growling noises throughout this podcast. And we're all here for it. And, yes. Uh, thank you. Well, thanks for thanks being, for on, being ben. on, Ben. That was awesome. That went so well. <laughs> Flawlessly. <laughs> well, a huge thanks to Ben Preslak for being on the podcast. And hello, yep. Josh Chavez out there. What's going on, buddy? Uh, thanks for leaving us a review, and I'm sorry that Ben was on the podcast for you. Uh, Josh Chavez is one of our our friends from high school. Uh, we're still, I mean, we love Josh. Hello, Josh. Uh, but he just he hates Ben. Mm. Not really. He they're friends. It's an inside joke. But uh, anyways, what I was gonna we were gonna we, okay. So let's talk horror films. Let's talk horror films. But, gee, that's what we're here for. But you were just kind of saying. Uh, I mentioned the Cine State. Uh, yeah. Sh- Fallout. Yeah, and it kind of sucks because now Shockwaves, our favorite horror podcast, I don't right. mind saying that, it's my favorite horror podcast, was affected by it. And then sort of, I mean, I don't really even really want to get into it because we're probably not that well versed on what happened. Right. But um, We just see what Twitter shows us. Right. One of one of the hosts, like, I, don't, should we, I guess Rob G? Right. Something's he, going on. Uh, he got outed. Right. And uh, all I'll say is, yeah, this just sucks because uh, I love Shockwaves. And um, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see what happens. But I, it's saw just, where, I saw where they tweeted that he's out. Yeah, he's out. And then yeah. they're on hiatus, I guess, trying to like regroup. Right. And um, maybe just, they'll go six months. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just sucks. Um, but I, you know. I used to say Rob G was my favorite of the four. Right. 
And if these allegations are true, boy, I guess E-Dog was wrong. I, yeah, and I guess I guess what I was going to say earlier is my favorites are, uh, just regardless of the situation, my favorites on Shockwaves are Elric is my favorite and then Ryan. Mm. So I was going to say, like, it sucks, it's Rob G, but my fa- he's not my favorite. But then again, that kind of, I don't want to belittle the actual issue. Right. So, like, that's kind of why I didn't want to say anything. So anyways, I feel like we're just talking around it. It sucks is what I wanted to get at. Mm. Um, I hope that, you know, it can all be figured out, but who knows? Um, yeah. And again, I guess we don't really know what the hell happened. So, but yeah, the Sinistate stuff sucks. That stuff, we, it seems like we do know what happened. Right. And that's a big fucking mess. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those movies are good. We've, you've talked a lot about them. We, we've talked, you know, Bone Tomahawk is one of those movies. Yes. And, and you know what? Like, uh, in that Daily Beast article, they like attack how, uh, specifically, uh, Dragged Across Concrete, a movie written and directed by S. Craig Zeller, is right-wing leaning. Right. Right. One of the reasons I never really saw it was it just didn't seem like... I guess it, it looked like exploitation to me, but I could never... Dragged Across Concrete never screamed itself as horror to me. It's not. So I never did end up seeing it because I was like, well, I guess it's violent and we do like violent movies. Right. But it just didn't seem like my kind of thing. So I never did see it, but you did. I did, and I liked it. Um, and then, and then they also, you know, drag Bone Tomahawk and uh, Brawl and Subblock ninety nine through the mud, and I kind of felt like that wasn't necessary, just because like those films don't have those political leanings. But I guess because the you know, producers, right? And all because that stuff, yeah. it was made with people involved with Sinistate. It, it was made by the guy who made Drag Across Concrete. It's right. like let's trash them too. Yeah, it just. It, I mean, I guess we can move on, but I guess it just sucks that what we're always going to talk about is like, a, it, it just seems to never end with shitty people are everywhere. Right. And that, and I know that's kind of like naive. Like, of course there are like, I mean, but it just sucks. It's like, it's like, oh, now I think it's Austin, right? Or Dallas. Was it Dallas? Uh, Sinistate. They're out of Texas. Right. And uh, they've one of those two major cities. And it's like, it just never ends. Of course, there's now people there that are shitty to women and coworkers and stuff. And it's and, like, and I guess, I mean, the, the victims have suffered the most. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but that just sucks. Cause like, it's like, we suffer too, like the fans. Cause yeah. now it's like, we don't want to equate it, but yeah, it's just like the whole, the whole genre is like, well, fuck man, these guys suck. We didn't know. I didn't know that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And like, I did enjoy VFW. I did right. enjoy dragged it, across country. Yeah. Now am I not supposed to like those films? Yeah. And then like, because Fred Williamson is apparently a fucking sexual predator asshole. And then you, you even told me like right away, you're like, Oh, that I tweeted a positive review of VFW. And now yeah. I feel bad about it. And right. it's like, well, fuck man. Like it just, it's just such a mess. And it feels like, it just feels like there's shitty people fucking everywhere. And it's, yeah. Right. It's we, frustrating. We we want to be on the correct right side. Exactly. But, but we don't know who the assholes are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It sucks. And then the Shockwaves thing you brought up, it just fucking sucks. Um, I love Shockwaves. I have a Shockwaves t-shirt. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm just saying, if you guys want to go back like five years and read my tweets, I'm just tweeting about how bad my farts stink. Oh, God. <laughs> go back. <laughs> so, I, I'm feeling okay. Well, Eric, do you want to talk horror movies? <laughs> yes, let's let's get past this. Okay, so uh, we hope that you know we we like to to do we like to talk life first, right? Yes. But I feel like if someone was new to the podcast, like our listeners, which I don't feel like we have that many because we've been off for so long. Sure. I hope you're still out there, everybody. 
Um, but uh, I, th- I think they like our life stuff, but I bet new people are like, are they going to talk fucking horror movies? Right. And we are, and this is going to be a huge-ass episode, top 10 of 2019. Uh, I'm sorry, top 10 of the, the decade. decade. We're going to do 2010 to 2019, and guess what? We're going to talk about a lot of movies that you've heard us talk about a lot. But it'll be fun. But first, we have to do... I think What we're, have we been watching? Yeah, we're ready for what we've been watching? We're ready for what well, we've been watching. Hit the music. Hit that music. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It was a while ago, but let's talk We Summon the Darkness. I know it was a while ago. Okay. Eric, uh, Eric doesn't remember any movie he sees past I, a week. I was just going to say that. I had that on my what I've been watching yeah. list. I don't fucking remember, but I, I think you talking about it will jog my memory. Sure. So let's get it. Yeah, We Summon the Darkness. This is a, first of all, Alexandra Daddario joint. Correct. Um, uh, also has Johnny Knoxville. Uh, I don't know her name, but the girl from, uh, what is that movie you liked? Hellfest? I didn't recognize anybody else in this That's film. her. Okay. Um. And yeah, we saw that movie you liked, Hellfest. You lo- you said, remember it was it came out right before Halloween 2018, and you're like, uh, I think I might like this more than than Halloween. And uh, it, Halloween wasn't even out yet. I uh, I uh, did like Hellfest, but please let's let's <laughs> let's not stop there. Sure. Uh, we some of the darkness. What is it, Eric? You want me to do it? I'll try. Uh, three you, girls you go. go. Okay, sure. Three girls in the 70s or 80s or 90s. I don't even fucking know. I thought uh, it was modern. Is it modern? Don't they they go, have cell phones at one point? Maybe. They go to a metal show, right? And right. they get drunk outside the metal show. It's And the metal show, they meet these uh, three young men. And it and the film so, sort of seems to imply that the young men are going to be the attackers, possibly. That they're going to... Uh, that, that they're going to join together after the show and go hang out at like a party, right? Right. And the, the film also establishes that there's been a recent string of murders. Uh, satanic murders. So the film kind of implies, like, could it be these three young men who are just at this metal show? Right. And the three young men are sort of talking about Beelzebub, and they're, they're very, it's like, oh, maybe it's them. That's what you're supposed to think. Right. And I won't say, like, exactly, of course, what happens, but it turns on its head. Yes. And that's not exactly what it is. And so for that, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we summon the darkness. It ends up basically they go back to what Alexandra Daddario says is her house or her parents' house or whatever, and they have like a party, and then shit pops off. And uh, I don't think this is like an amazing movie, but I I enjoyed it. I just thought it was kind of okay. Yeah, I mean, I it, think once the film revealed itself, I like started to lose interest. I I agree, but I feel like aesthetically it's cool. Like the way everybody's dressed is cool. The way no, I think it is period, bro. Because the isn't that at one point her like stepmom gets there and she's wearing like a pantsuit almost. Oh. Anyways, I think it's in the eighties. Um, but yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this, and I think the hard part about we some of the darkness is that it's kind of a spoilery movie, mm, right? Right to talk about. Uh, but we can say that we like Alexandra Daddario. Yes. Yeah. And we, then we never stopped liking Alexandra no. Daddario. You know, I found out she's like thirty-five. And she's looking great. Yep. 
Absolutely. I'm sure she'll look great at 65. Okay, Eric. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we summon the darkness. Not a lot to say. I enjoy it. I would recommend it. It's not amazing. It's not. Enoch I would recommend would it. Not really. So we're getting half approval. Wow. On we summon the darkness. Well, yeah. I should say I don't think this is a, like if you were like, is this Ghoul Squad approved? I would have said eh, probably not. But I would recommend it. it. It was enough where I like was comfortable with leaving it off my list. Like if you wouldn't have brought it up, I wouldn't have talked about it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't have a whole lot. I have a lot of rewatches as I always do. Okay, so you watch Trick or Treat for the fifteenth time. For the Do you got you wanna you wanna keep your momentum going? You want me to? I feel like I've talked a lot. Sure. Sure. My fucking post office story lasted half an hour. All right, let's do this. All right. I watched all of Stephen King's Mick Garris directed The Stand. Oh, interesting. I've never seen it. So there's a Blu-ray from like CBS Films or something because it originally aired, I believe, on CBS. Okay. This is a 1990... Go ahead. Does it look like it's TV? Like, is there commercial breaks? Yes. Okay. But the Blu-ray, the reason I bought it... I've always wanted to see The Stand. Okay. Uh, apparently until this Blu-ray, it was really hard to watch because everything was always taken from a standard definition video feed for some reason. So if you ever watch the stand before this Blu-ray, all of it was always like, even if it was on a DVD, it was like from an SD TV feed. Hmm. So it's a full frame, horrible looking piece of shit. Like you got it on a VHS. Okay. And for whatever reason, CBS, and maybe it's because there's going to be a new stand. I'll try not to go on about this for too long because we James have James Wan produced, right? I don't think or am so. Am I tripping? I'm tripping. Okay, I, I think you're tripping. Okay, um, but this is the stand, and this is written by, of course, Stephen King, and then this is directed by. It's a mini series from the '90s, and it's directed by Mick Garris, who also did like the Shining mini series, and uh, well, a lot of other shit. I mean, it's Mick Garris. Uh, if you're out there in the he, horror genre, he, you know who he is. He started Masters of Horror on Showtime. Yes. Um. So, and th- this is. Okay, what is The Stand? The Stand is about a super flu that's unleashed on the world and millions of people die. And at the beginning, the government is telling them everything's okay, that the super flu is a hoax, and that you don't need to wear masks. And then at some point, the government changes their tune and says you need to wear masks because this super flu is killing people. And then everybody dies. And it's about the end of the world. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it parallels to literally right this minute. Right. And uh, I watched this as coronavirus was happening. And, um, of course, it's not the same, right? This, this super flu, like, literally kills people, like, almost like it rots their body out and stuff. But it is funny because in the in the show, there's literally, like, the government lying and then the government saying nothing's wrong. And then, like, there's literal talk about you should wear a mask, you shouldn't wear a mask. This is in The Stand from a book that Stephen King writ- wrote 30 years ago. And then the miniseries was in the 90s. And then we're dealing with that right now. It's just so crazy. Uh, I finally watched Contagion. Oh, my God. And it was just like blowing my mind. Every fucking similarity, you know, in that film yeah. is like what's happening now. Steve, Steven Soderbergh's Contagion. Yeah. I saw that in theater. And I, I've quoted, I've been quoted to say a lot that that was one of the scariest movies I'd ever seen. Mm. And people are like, why? Like, it's just about a virus. And it's like, because it's fucking cripplingly terrifying if and now accurate yeah i mean contagion i think that that's a a worse virus kind of right like it kills you in like three days or something exactly and that's what the stand is as well um but the way that soderbergh shot that like it's like how it can be transmitted to millions in a matter of like 
four hours because of planes and trains and automobiles. You know what I just keep thinking about? What? How right before the credits in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, I mean, that's. I feel like I've been dying to revisit that film just because of that sequence. Rupert because of Wyatt's 19. Yes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That Correct. movie is the worst of that franchise. But you can keep going. <sighs> I love that whole trilogy. Sure. Uh, it's good, but I mean, once it's Matt Reeves, it's Matt Reeves, right? Like, that movie's okay, but then it's like Dawn and fucking War. War? Those two movies are, I mean, gangbusters, gangbusters. But uh, anyways, The Stand. What I just is- hate Jason Clark. Why? I don't know. He's just another fucking white guy. Wow. I just don't like Jason Clark. Well, you know who I like in that second movie. And I hate Terminator Genesis. Carrie Russell. Oh, I was going to say Cody Smith McPhee. Nope. Carrie Russell. Love okay. Carrie Russell. Okay. So anyways, long story short on the stand, what is it really? It's a Stephen King book about uh, good and evil. So that flu happens to end the world, but then there's people that are immune to it. Mm. And those people that are immune to it begin having dreams of, let's just say, a man in black and a woman in white. They don't actually wear the colors, but they start having dreams of basically, let's just say, the devil and then someone that's like a prophet to God. And it's like the devil and God are raging inside me. Mm. Just kidding. That's a brand new reference. Okay. Um, But... That is what it ends up becoming. And so it's uh, this Randall Flagg is the bad guy. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, It's this old woman that is like, she says she speaks to God. God speaks to her. And so it's basically like God versus the devil. And these people, like the bad people that are left pick the devil and the good people are left pick her. And then they like come together to fight at this evil, right? And then the evil wants to get rid of the good people. Um, It's an hour and a half. And it's four episodes of an hour and a half. So Jesus. it's 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 a mini series. And you know what? Wait, four ninety minute episodes? Yes. Or four episodes within ninety minutes. Four ninety minute episodes. Okay. And uh I would recommend it, man. This Blu-ray is thirteen dollars on Amazon. Oh, I never finished. For whatever reason, it was always available really bad. And this Blu-ray, they went and restored from the original negative. Who you said CBS Films? C- CBS Films. Hmm. And uh, Mick Garris was even like, what? They apparently redid some of the special effects like on this random ass stand Blu-ray. So like, for instance, like it'll be a shot of like um, a town on fire and the fire was like redone to be a little bit better. And the reason why was because at that time when it was on TV, it didn't look bad. But now that it's this new scan, it looked horrible. So they redid it. It's like, it's a really, really good looking Blu-ray and it's full frame like most miniseries are. So it's four by three, you know, uh, full screen. And uh, anyways, I feel like I've middled on the stand. But if that sounds interesting to you, watch it. It's hmm. corny, you know, in the way that it is. Any known actors? Uh, Rob Lowe is in it. I thought, okay. I knew that, but then wasn't he also in like a Salem's Lot remake as well? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. Or Return to Salem Lot, Salem's Lot. But um, you know how the It miniseries is kind of, um, I, I don't like the word cheesy, but of it's, its time. Right, of its time, exactly. Um, and it feels TV at times, but then it also feels really, really good and good horror at other times. That's also the stand. So at times, like in a stand, it'll be like dumb and corny, and you'll be like, what the fuck is this? Like, Because it's like of its time. But then other times, it's like terrifying and really good. How long so, did it take you to finish this? Uh, I watched it um, eight days. Anyways, Mick Garris is the stand. I feel like it went on forever, but I feel like this was something that, 
I just really, really enjoyed. Um, ultimately, like everything Stephen King, at least in this iteration, not a great ending, not a great, like all of the setup is way better than the payoff because that's Stephen King. Um, but if you know that and you like Stephen King and you've dealt with that a lot with his work, it's good. Um, it's not a very great ending. How, cause think about it. I mean, you've got to end good versus evil in the end of the world. How do you, it's very difficult. And the way they do it is kind of, eh, it's okay. But last thing on the stand, um, CBS all access just finished. It wrapped. Um, they're done. So at some point they, they'd made a new, the stand miniseries. Oh, wow. And it has, uh, Alexander Skarsgård hmm. is, you know who that is? I do know who that is. Uh, he's the bad, um, Lieutenant. he's Randall Flagg. He is the 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 devil type character, and uh, it looks like it's going to be badass. So, it, and it's going to be for CBS All Access, right? Yep. Um, so, anyways, that's the stand. After watching this, I can't wait to see a modern take on it. And apparently, articles were saying that this new take, um, they had Stephen King write a new ending for this oh, wow. take. So it's a whole. It'll be the stand, yeah. But then I guess however it ends is a new take on the stand hmm. by Stephen King with modern knowledge. So that's cool. Interesting. So we'll hopefully talk about that again soon. Eric, please talk about something. I've been talking for an hour. Okay. Well, uh, What have you been watching, in, Eric? In typical E-Dog fashion, uh, the films I want to discuss are all smut initially uh, aren't horror films, but they're Westerns. I feel like they're films that our fan base, okay. <laughs> our listeners. Sure. What fan base? Uh, uh, people who like the horror genre would like these films. Shane? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is Abel Fiara. Okay. Uh, Fear City. Have you heard of this film? Not Slime City. This is Fear City. Okay. I believe this is 1984 with Tom Berenger. Okay. Um, Tom Berenger works as, um, he works for an agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever a strip club needs a stripper, they call this agency and they supply the girls. Would you consider him a pimp? No, because he's like the muscle for the agency. Sounds like a pimp to me. Okay. <laughs> okay, 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 yes. Um, Is pimp insensitive? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Pimp's not insensitive, but uh, I mean... Obviously, stripping is a sexual business, but it's not like these girls are getting fucked. Whoa. Okay, they're dancing. Okay. They're performing. Okay. Which I think might be some gray area, but I think stripping and whoring are two different. They're on two separate lines of the fi- of the field. Okay, Eric, tell us about the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is my... Uh, Understanding. <laughs> incorrect knowledge <laughs> of pimps. We support all women yes okay so there's this motherfucker who thinks he's a ninja who thinks he has to clean up new york city okay and by doing so he's going to murder all the strippers okay so the stripping scene in new york just takes a drastic blow because uh one girls are afraid to work and the girls that are willing to work are less appealing to look at So people aren't in the clubs as much. Okay. So Tom Berenger decides he's got to take to the street and he's got to stop this fucking ninja. (laughs) 
That sounds ridiculous, but it's fucking badass, dude. Um, Is it violent? Well, not so much violent as the reason I took to it so much is it's like the way New York is yeah, photographed. Like basket case New York. Exactly. Okay. Taxi driver. So if you like that sleazy, dirty, uh, you know, grindhouse and, and, you know. 42nd Street Forever. Right. You know, sex theater on every corner. I think you'll really. Eric's really, Dream. Uh, slash don't actually want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you'll really, really like Fear City. That uh, sounds cool. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is uh, similar in the way New York is um, photographed. Have you heard of Combat Shock? Yeah. I've never seen it, but yes. So this is one of those fucking films that I feel like people always talk about when they talk about like Cannibal Holocaust. Yes, like violent about films. Serbian film. Yep. Right, right. Fil- films that are just so crazy. Yeah. And I, I came across just like some random tweet where this guy had like 12 movies of that same ilk, Itchy the Killer. And... I'd seen 10 of the 12th and one of the ones that I hadn't seen was combat shock. Okay. And, and it's a film that like I know has that reputation, you know? So it's about this dude. Uh, he's returned from Vietnam. Well, let me interrupt you. Sure. I feel like I saw you rewatch cannibal Holocaust recently. I did because Joe Bob showed it. And on your, on your, no, you know what you, it was, uh, you're good. It was on your, uh, fuck. What is that called? Letterboxd. Letterboxd. But I think you rated it high, right? I gave it a five out of five. Because okay. someone I talked to recently, I, th- I can't remember if it's Ben or my brother or somebody was like that. Yeah, I think it was him. He's sitting right over there. Yeah. He's like, that movie actually isn't good. And I was like, what? It's, and he can't defend himself. But right. he was telling me it wasn't a good movie. He's like, well, it's just like, and I was like, no, like I genuinely think in our, in our horror genre, that is a good movie. Yeah. It, minus the animal violence the movie is about something mm-hmm. and that's what I like with, even if it's a graphic film, is it about something that's trying to say something right. and whether as corny as it is or not, you know, who are the real cannibals? Um, I think that movie is about something. I feel like, I feel like you can like correlate that to like, even today, I think the motherfuckers who like don't want to wear masks, they're the fucking can. I mean, you know, they're the fucking cannibals now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I got you, but it's just like, funny. It's a funny they're, equation. They're, they're like the, right. But like, they're like the assholes that are like making things worse. Yeah, for sure. Know? So sorry, combat shock. You know, not the fucking, you know, natives that are just trying to live. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So combat shock is, um, this guy, he served a tour in Vietnam. Uh, he suffers from PTSD and his home life is just like as shitty as it can be. Uh, he's married with a one-year-old child with another uh, baby on the way. Um, they don't have money to eat. Uh, he has an eviction notice on his door. The toilet doesn't flush. Uh, there's a part where he's tying his shoes and the, the string snaps. Like everything that can go wrong for this guy is happening. And the film takes place over the course of a day of him trying to get his shit together. Okay. And in New York City? In New York City. And I tell you that I've always seen it on these like crazy violent lists. And uh, it deserves its place. Oh, cool. And uh, that's another one I would recommend. Well, uh, how does the... How did, how does the violence take shape? Like what? What is he killing people? Like what is going on? Uh, well, not to give too much away... It sort of turns like taxi driver. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, both 
uh, Combat Shock and Fear City I just saw on uh, Prime Video. Mm-hmm. And on on Prime Video, there's a Combat Shock and there's a Combat Shock Director's Cut. I don't know the difference, mm-hmm. but I watched the Director's Cut. So if anybody's taking my recommendation, I'm going to encourage you watch Director's the Cut. Director's Cut, right. And then I'll, I want to do one more and then I'll stop, hand it back to you. Yeah, so the next film I want to talk about that's not horror-related, but I think uh, genre fans would be interested, is 68 Kill. Uh, this is a recent film, uh, maybe within the last couple years, uh, that Shout Factory put out, and so that's what put it on my radar. Um, it's been on Netflix for a minute. That's how I currently watched it. And it's about this dude who's in a super abusive relationship with his girlfriend where um, it's the woman who beats him. But okay. Yet he's you know, but he thinks that he's in love with her, and so he continues to stay with her. Uh, Cycle of abuse. Yes. Uh, this dude is like a. Uh, he's not a, like a plumber, or maybe he is a plumber, but he like hauls shit like literally, and the girlfriend is a prostitute. So they just kind of have like the worst two jobs ever. You know, there's a part where she says, "I suck dick, and you haul shit," and okay. she um, motivates him to rob one of her clients. And then, of course, the robbery does not go as planned. Uh, The shit hits the fan, and the film just gets increasingly more violent and more crazy. Um, I really liked it. And that is 68 Kill. Kill. Yeah, you know. I guess I've never you, heard of that. I guess if you got the violence, if you got the blood, if you got the gore, you know what? It, it you know, that's what E-Dog likes. And did this have New York in it as well? No, no. Okay. This is supposed to be like somewhere in the South. So everyone's like all hickish. 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 Yeah. Hicksploitation. Hicksploitation. What else you got, G? Well, uh, I've got a couple other things. I'll make, I'll make. make quick. Again, a lot of this is old or rewatches. Um, I watched The Outsider. Okay. I finished The Outsider. Um, that was a show that uh, I want to say on our first episode of the year this year, I said, I think it's, I already know it's going to be my favorite TV of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that came true. Uh, I I liked The Outsider a lot. Me too. But I also feel like, as with everything Stephen King, um, it just sort of peters out into nothing. I felt like I felt like even towards the end, it wasn't shot very well. Um, everything with Terry Maitland early on. I mean, I feel like this whole show, the outsiders on HBO, it's about, uh, what's his name? Jason Bateman. Uh, a child is murdered. He's accused of it. And he is in two places at one time. Right. Right. They figure out that he is, he is a hundred miles away at a convention Mm -hmm. as well as killing this kid. And they have to figure out why, how can someone be in two places at one time? All of that stuff is incredible. And then as soon as the show loses, let's just say strays away from Terry Maitland to the mythology and the rest of it, it just kind of meanders in itself for so long and then peters out and it was over. And I was like, oh, that was it? I disagree. I thought it was all engaging. Really? Yeah. I was. So I'm a monster kid. I wanted to know more about uh, El Coco. El Cuco? Cuco. Right. I was interested in uh, the mythology. Me too, of, but, the, of but the creature. Ultimately, we we meet El Cuco and it's just the guy. Right. And he just talks and then Yeah, uh, uh I guess it, this is a spoiler, but like uh possible spoilers for the outsider. 
he he remains in his human form, and I guess like I was disappointed by that. Yeah, I that was really disappointed by that. Uh, but I was like super into it. Like I loved like learning how he like feeds on like fear. And right. Like, and like before they explained that, I thought that was just like super creepy. Like, why is this guy just keep showing up at all these like horrific scenes? You know? Yeah. Well, I loved all of that, but then the show sort of introduces. Um, uh, ben has talked about this. I can't remember her name now. But uh, Cynthia Revo's character, uh, I thought she was awesome. But then she's also, as the show goes on, she becomes a de- Ben said this, my brother, uh, a Deus Ex Machina, where she just knows everything, right? And she can know, like she even knows, like the monsters' legend without ever knowing anything about it. Like she becomes a god machine, which is telling the audience things that there's no way she would know, just to just Fill for us in. exposition, basically. Right. And then again, I liked. I I like when shows decide to veer off and take it slow and let us sit with characters. I love that. But then I feel like you need to stick the landing at the end of all that. And I don't feel like it did. I feel like it meanders and then it just kind of petered out. And I was like, oh, hmm. okay, cool. That was fun. Like, I just didn't really care about a lot of the characters by the end of it. Like, I don't know. I did think it's stuff- any of it scary or creepy because I did. I found some of the early stuff creepy. I think this whole show, I'm glad it exists for the one image of Jason Bateman walking out of the woods with blood all over his face and smiling at that child on the bike. Mm. That, the whole show is worth it just for that image. Mm. I feel like that was the outsider. Like that was so good. Just all of that early stuff with him is so good. Pretty much the first two to three hours. And then it's like, eh, it's okay. So I wasn't super into it, and uh, I was disappointed. I feel the opposite. I was I was on board like every Monday. I was just like, give me the outsider. Like there's a shootout at the end, and I was like, oh cool, it's gonna be shot. Holy well. shit! The the way the ninth episode ends. Yeah, like when it's like going to credits. I yeah. was like, holy fuck! But then the shootout is so matter of fact. It was. I don't think it's shot very well. I thought it was chaotic. And then the staging is like weird, where people just keep showing up, and like there's clearly people dead, and then people just keep pulling up and getting it. Like, I just thought it was kind of haphazard, but not in a good way. Like I love chaos, and I felt like it was like not. I don't know. I I don't know. I wasn't that into it. I mean, I dug it. I liked The Outsider. Like I would tell people to watch it, but I thought it was going to be like amazing, and I thought it was good. Like I thought it was good. TV, but I thought this was going to be like peak TV. And I think the only thing that is peak TV is like the first two hours. And then the rest of it's like, eh, it's okay. It could have been on Netflix. Like it could have been all right, mm. but I didn't love it. So that was the outsider. Also, I wanted to say it reminded me of Dr. Sleep a lot. Um, just because you've got someone feeding off fear. Remember they want the steam from the kids and Dr. Mm. Sleep, obviously same writer, Stephen King. So it makes sense. That's the outsider. Um, Another thing that I wanted to talk about, that my last thing, it's not a rewatch. You only got one more? Yep. Oh, I know this happens every time and you get upset. <laughs> uh, hey, it's been six well, months. Well, go ahead, I Eric. Forgot. Talk about something then. No, you go. No, you go. Okay. Uh, I watched a film called Mute Witness. Have you heard of this no. film? No. Okay. There's this motherfucker I follow on Takes Twitter. place in New York. There's this motherfucker I like. He's a film critic. And he tweeted about this movie called- John Squires? Any tweet, uh, Jacob McKnight. I think is his name. Not me. And uh, you don't tweet much about film. Uh, yeah, I used to a lot. We'll get back on that train. Get back on that letterbox. Nope. Uh, you and Dana. Nope. Uh, so, Mute Witness, 
he tweets about it, and I'm like, "What is this film?" And they're and they're and they're describing it like it's this like amazing giallo that like Brian De Palma could have directed. And I'm like, "What is this fucking film?" And it's impossible to watch. It's just not available, hmm. like anywhere. And when did it come out? It's like 1995. Oh wow! And then. Joe Lynch gets in the conversation. He replies to this uh, critic I like, and he's like, no, it's on YouTube. Oh. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to fucking watch this shit, duh. And I would not recommend Mute, Wit- Mute Witness to you simply because it looks so fucking god-awful. Okay. This 83 minutes I sat through on YouTube is just like the worst thing ever. 160p. But it was a really fucking cool movie. So it's about... Uh, this cast and crew, they're shooting a horror film. Okay. And this woman, uh, she specializes in the makeup department. Uh, she's mute. Mm-hmm. And when the film starts, um, they're just finishing up a scene. Uh, they're ending the day. Uh, they're ending their day. And she realized she's forgotten her keys like on set. Okay. So she like tells everybody, I'll be okay. Uh, her sister. Take also, the underpass. It's safer. Her sister. Also, I forget if she works on the film, but the sister's boyfriend is the director. So they're all kind of like cool with each other, right? Okay. The makeup artist, the director, and this third woman. So she tells them, just go home. And so when she goes back on set, she sees two men and, and a woman. Uh, one man is filming the other man and woman fucking. And then he proceeds to kill her. Oh. And... She doesn't know if what she's seen is real or not. Right, like they're shooting a movie, or she actually they they were killing this person. Right. Yeah. So for literally the next thirty fire ass minutes, it's just this super tense cat and mouse uh, between this woman who can't speak and these two men. Nice. And I totally get like the giallo uh, references. Right. Exactly. Um. And then what was cool is like a lot of it was like, oh, we're making a film. So they kind of also like play on like filmmaking tropes Mm -hmm. as well. Um, If you're willing to put up with some just the worst fucking quality, quality, I would strongly recommend you guys watch Mute Witness on uh, YouTube. I wonder why it's not available anywhere. Yeah. And it's like such a cool film. Like it's weird that this film just kind of like fell to the wayside, but I'm happy that I found a way to... uh, uh, watch it. I've never even heard of it, but I, I want to see it. Uh, another one I got, da. I finally watched The Boy 2. Oh. Brahms. Brahms. The Boy 2. The Boy 2. Have you seen it? No, because... Skip this fucking okay. film, da. What I read... I told you this. What I read... And I, I don't mind spoiling that film. I haven't seen it. What I read is that it doesn't even have anything to do with The Boy in the Wall. They retcon. How? The first film. How? Go ahead. Possible spoilers for the boy and the All boy spoilers too. for the boys okay. too right now. So I've seen the boy, right? And I thought I thought it was a worthless movie. You really liked it. I did really like the first yeah. boy. And and I I guess the best part about the boy is retconned is what you're saying into. So in the original film, spoilers L- for all the fucking boy Lauren right now. Lauren Cohen. Okay, skip ahead like five minutes if you want to see the Spoilers for the boy. boy and the boy too starting now. Yes. In the in the first film, you're led to believe something's up with the doll, but it, right. but the doll is nothing. There's literally a man hiding in the wall, right? Yep. In part two, it's an evil doll that has powers, and the way it retcons the first one is it says that that doll made him kill people. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, 
It's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. Yeah, that's horrible. Why did you watch that? Because the first one was so good. Yeah, but everyone said opinion. it was terrible. The second one. Here's the thing. Since Easy's I, a franchise here's, guy. Here's the thing, motherfucker. Okay. I thought the boy one had a fun twist. Yeah. So I was like, we, the audience, know that. How the fuck are you going to do that for a part two? I went into to Brahms to know, okay, well, how are you going to get around this this time? Not so much that I was interested in the boy too. I wanted to know what they were going to do from a storytelling technique, and it was not a good choice. Yeah, I feel like those are fake movies. Like, they feel borderline fake to me. Even that first movie, which is fine. I didn't like it, but it's a fine movie. It just, like, oh, let's cast the girl from uh, The Walking Dead, mm. and then it's a haunted doll movie. Oh, shit. Uh, it's not. But it's not. Uh, so like, at, it, it feels, and then, like, all the acting feels stiff and fake. It feels they, they're fake movies. Uh, at the start Is it of Katie the, Holmes in the second one? Right. At the start I like of, Katie Holmes. At the start of the film, uh, there's a break-in, and she gets attacked by these two men. And then when the film picks up, you learn that she's like suffering from PTSD, PTSD, secondhand PTSD. And, and as the film was progressing, I was like, oh, that'd be great if she was just a fucking nut. Yeah. Like that. Sorry if that was insensitive, but like that's how they, <laughs> but she's, she's not a fucking, but nut. if that's how they could explain how the doll's moving, right? Like if it's just her, but nope, the doll is literally fucking evil this time. Wow. Just completely ignoring what they said in the first film. Whew. Yeah, so that's, that's that 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 is like that's unconscionable. That the whole point of the boy is that there's the a man in the, in the wall, right? And he's manipulating the doll, and right. it's unconscionable that the second film would say, "No, it's a haunted doll." Like that's the whole point of that first movie to say it was a haunted doll in the first one as well when it never did anything. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean that's crazy talk. Uh, another film I got on here, this is the most recent film I've seen, is Becky. Yeah, uh, with, uh, with Kevin Lu- James. This is with Kevin James and Lulu Wilson. Uh, she is the young woman uh, from both uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil, and uh, Annabelle 2. Yeah. Creation. Creation, yep. Uh, I saw a funny tweet one time that said she's like the Dwayne Johnson of horror films. She's also in uh, Mike Flanagan's house, Haunting a Hill House. Correct. Yep. She is. She plays the young... One of the daughters. Right. Yeah. Um. Becky's like okay because it's super violent. There's some good gore in it, um, and Joel McHale is in it. Oh, okay. I really like him. Um, and the easiest way I could describe it is it's like Home Alone uh, with violence or with gore, should I say? Because um, it's a it's a young child uh, protecting her house with makeshift weapons. Okay. Uh, Kevin James plays a Nazi, and the house that this family lives at. Uh, houses a key for like Nazi like gold or something. Okay. And so he goes to the house so he can like retrieve the key, but then Lulu Wilson defends her house. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. If, if like you and your brother were getting faded and had nothing else to watch, I would say watch Becky. We have too much to watch. If if you guys were going to like each throw in $3 on the $6 rental priced, watch Becky. Otherwise, where'd you watch it? You can pass Becky. VOD. I, I just rented it from the Microsoft store. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about that? Uh, I don't fucking remember. I'm trying to get my brother to watch fucking haunting a hill house, but he's declining because I told him it's it's scary. Oh, but it is scary. Um, 
I know it's not a big deal because of the situation that we're currently in, but I think that's super interesting how that film, The Wretched, was yeah. like number one at the box office for yeah. like X amount of weeks, and it's made like $600,000. And uh, I bring that up just because I guess Becky's now number one at the box office. We haven't talked about that at all, which is like all these movies that we should have seen now, like oh, A God. Quiet, Place, Quiet Place Part 2. two. Yeah, um, fucking Candyman. Yeah, Candyman. We should have already fucking seen Candyman. And, uh, that makes me wonder, like, is Halloween Kills gonna come out on time? It fucking better. It fucking better. We'll see in four months. G. Yeah. So that just sucks. And you know what I was thinking? I, I had a tweet percolating. You said I don't tweet about movies. Um, I didn't want to tweet this past week about it because I felt like it was, you know, there was such, there was a lot going on on Twitter that I thought was more important than what I was gonna say about movies. So I didn't tweet it, um, but it was simply, I sound up my own ass right now, but uh, no, it was, it was simply, I, this is the longest period of time in my lifetime, at least. That you've been to a theater? Yes. And, and think about it because aside from let's take out when you're a baby, right? When you can start going to a movie, my parents even took me to movies all the time. Right. So I mean, what, maybe the longest was a month? I mean, I can't think it. And then I can tell you from the time I was like 12, 13, 14, like a person, you know, I've, I've gone, I mean, this is, so this was February that we saw, I saw invisible man. Right. I saw the hunt. Right. And the start it's, of March. So this is five, four and a half, five months that we haven't been to a theater. Uh, this is the longest in my whole life. And it, and it's, it's very odd. It's starting to freak me out a little bit that these movies aren't just not coming out. And because it's a big part of my life that I go, and again, you know, first world problems, right? All they're just films, right? But as a hobby, it just sucks not having them, and then also not going to the theater. Um, yes, we can watch movies at home, but you know, we I want to see the new stuff. Yeah, and I want to see it in a in a theater. I love going to the theater, um, and it's just it's just frustrating. But again, bigger issues at foot right now. Right. Um, but it's just man, I. I miss going to the theater. Even even our shitty theater in Carlsbad, I miss going to it. You know, I, I comb my hair on the way over here. Uh, it looks amazing, Eric. Oh, you well, look thank you. Let's get that picture soon. Breathtaking. Um, but this past weekend, Melissa's dad was here, and he was just like dead set on going out to eat. So I combed my hair, and I realized that was the first fucking time I've combed my hair, dude, probably since like when I went to go see The Hunt. It's like, why, why the fuck would I comb my hair? Yeah. I'd go to work. I wear a hat. Yeah. I either would come home and stay home or just go skate. Like, yeah. I wasn't going anywhere, so I had no reason to comb my fucking hair. Yeah, and, that, and that's the weird part. Like, it's not so much that, and I talked about this on the last episode, it's not so much that, like, we go out a lot. Like, I'm not, you know, somebody that does a whole lot, obviously. But one of the things I do is go to the movie. Like, if I'm off and it's a weekend, I'm going go to, to see a movie. Right. Like, for sure. And we just can't. And it's just odd. And I don't know. I don't know. And then like all the, so we were talking horror, but like um, Wonder Woman should have been out. Wonder Woman uh, should have been out. Uh, Black Widow should have yes. been out. That Fast and the Furious movie should have been out. Darn it. Uh, Mulan should have been out. Like this is very No odd. time to die. No time to die. God exactly. damn it. This is very weird. And it was weird. You know, when they got delayed, like at the time, it wasn't that weird. We haven't, like it's like fucking June. Yeah. It's June. Um, so anyways, larger issues afoot, but, um, it is a very weird time. So what were you just talking? Oh, Becky. I talked to Becky. Yep. Uh, I'll go on a couple things. Okay. I have a lot of rewatches, but first of all, I want to just go. quickly talk devs. Oh, okay. So, I haven't watched it. So devs is not really that horror. So I'm going to quickly talk it. If you like me and you like horror and you, you kind of like the things I like, uh, watch devs. Uh, devs is fucking awesome. It's Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. 
And the last thing he did was my favorite movie of that year, Annihilation. Mm-hmm. I think that's 2017, I think, or 18. I don't remember. Um, I think it's 17. Love Annihilation. Um, was not the greatest fan of Ex Machina, but I still really liked it. Um, and I guess I'm, a, and I tweeted this, I guess I'm an, an Alex Garland guy now. Who doesn't like Alex Garland? Um, because Devs is eight hours of um, ponderous sci-fi. And I fucking love this. I love shit like this. I love that. So he did this for Hulu on FX. FX. FX on Hulu. Right. Um, and so the only way you can see this is on Hulu. Um, and I just don't even understand how someone was like, yeah, we'll just pay him. We'll, we'll budget for eight episodes of this ponderous sci-fi shit. Like, why can't he like, you know, you know how hard movies are to make and then they can like do this. It's crazy. Um, and so devs real quickly, because the premise is simpler, obviously it's a big ponderous sci-fi show. Um, devs is about a mysterious, it's like an Apple or a Google, uh, company that is, it's in the future, near future. And this company has the software called Amaya and it's like, kind of like Siri. It doesn't, none of this really matters. It's a tech company and they have a division of their company that's secret called devs and the devs team is working on something worldly important that no one knows what it is unless you're involved in devs. So all the people at the company are like, what do they do in devs? What do you guys do? And it's like, we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. We, and so devs is this mysterious thing. In the first episode, you're sort of quickly introduced to what is devs? What are they attempting to do? And I'm not going to tell you because it's a spoiler, um, but the whole show centers around this massive idea. They're trying to do with computers uh, like supercomputing something big in sci-fi. That's all I can say. And um, then what follows is like crazy conspiracies, people trying to stop them, someone um, affected by it joins in, you know, and then of course culminating in some explosive moment in the final two episodes. And then of course, big sci-fi ideas with that. Um, Like a lot of Alex Garland stuff. And what, what you get in this show is like big, crazy scenes of like just score like haunting score like 2001 a space odyssey type score and images and stuff and it's stuff i love it i love this type of sci-fi i love sci-fi where you're just like what the fuck but it's a it's a mood devs at a lot of times and a lot of alex garland so far is really more about a mood it's more about like how it makes you feel than the actual nuts and bolts of the story it's more of a feeling uh, and I love Alex Garland's feelings. So, anyways, devs, watch it. Is this uh, adapted for something, or was this an original story? I believe it's an original story. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I'll I'll just leave it at that. Devs, it's my sci- type of sci-fi that I just eat up. I love stuff that it's it's more of a feeling, and it's ambiguous and it's crazy. But I love this shit. Uh, not recently, but I did toy with thinking about starting it. You should. The only problem is early on, it you know and people tell you this a lot about TV, but this is a limited series. Mm-hmm. Um, early on in the first two episodes, you're kind of floundering, trying to figure out like, what, what is this about? What's going on here? But then of course it comes together in about three or four. And then you just can't wait to get like, what the fuck till the end. Uh, really good devs on Hulu. So that was devs. Sounds tight. Everything else I have is a rewatch. You want me to just rifle through them? Rifle through them, G. Okay. What we do in the shadows. Well, that's a TV show. So it's not a rewatch. TV show. What do you Super want? You want to talk about it real quick? Sure, Just I love it. Love it. Yeah, it's awesome. So good. 
Uh, I know you haven't watched the season finale nope, yet. Not yet. Um, I'm caught up to the season finale. Uh, probably my favorite episode of the season. Really? Yeah. Fucking Good. killed me. Uh, we were big fans of uh, what's his fucking name? Not Jackie Treehorn, but what was his name? Uh, Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona. <laughs> Uh, and how dumb that is. Would you agree that it's been a very Laszlo-centric season? Yeah. I'm a Nandor guy, but I mean, I'm not complaining, but I just feel like so many episodes have centered on Well, Nandor is just, Laszlo. he's so, I've, I've talked about this a lot. I feel like he's such a, he ha, he almost has nothing to do because he is nothing. Mm. Nandor has no personality other than that he doesn't, he's just the wind. Other than being a fan of the USA Olympic Yes. 1992 basketball team. Exactly. Um, I'm a, I'm a Nadja guy. Oh, really? I, I, I love like her. I think she's hilarious. I think she's the funniest uh, part of the show. The one part that was fucking killing me was uh, the witches episode. Yeah. The way, and you learn that she blames everything on, on a witch. witch. Witches. And she's like tripping on the carpet. Yeah. And Nando's like every fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. Yep. So, uh, uh, yeah. The troll episode was fantastic. Awesome. Colin Robinson gets into an argument. Yeah. It's, I stand by I like the TV show more than the film. I like the film more because I feel like it's a complete thing. Like what we do in the shadows, the film is I feel like a moment, like that's a movie and it's just that. And it's Taika Watiti who's like operating on such a high level where I feel like the show is exactly that. It's a show. It's fun. I like it a lot. I love it. Don't get me wrong. But that movie is a whole in itself. And I love that. I just, I love that fucking movie. Uh, I like the movie more is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, what they're complaining about is just like everyday things, but it's interesting that they can like find new things to get the TV characters to complain about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what we do in the Shadows TV show? That's what we, that's what we do in the Shadows TV show. Okay. Real quick. April Fool's Day. Okay. I finally watched, the reason I bring it up is I got the Blu-ray okay. it's from Blue. Screen Factory and it's gorgeous. I, so I got it too and I completely forgot about everything in that film. Good. It, it was like a first time watch Good. for me. So we, we shouldn't spoil April Fool's Day. Uh, no. But what did you think, Eric? I loved it. Awesome. Yeah. Love that movie. The kids are great. The kids are really good and that's the thing I about- I love Biff. Yeah. Uh, they're all awesome. And I love the running gag of how like everything in the house is like designed to be a prank. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I love April Fool's Day. It's one of my favorite slashers. I put it, I think, as my number five or four when we did our top five slashers. And it's funny because the twist of April Fool's Day is... Don't say it. Don't. Yeah. Not entirely that. Um, I feel like it could be sacrilege what, that putting it on the list, but I love April Fool's Day. I love Amy Steele. I, I think I'm a it huge should, Amy Steele I think fan. it should be on that list because of that big chance it took. Yeah. And it pays off. I love it. Love it. Showed it to Ben and his wife, Sabra, and they liked it as well. I couldn't wait for the ending. I was like, I just can't fucking wait for them to find out. Um, it's so good. I love Amy Steele. And you know me. My biggest thing about Slashers is do we like the kids? You have to like the kids. If you don't like the kids, who gives a fuck? Right. That's why modern Slashers mostly suck because the kids are all assholes or remakes like the Friday remake. We like that movie, but all the kids are assholes. Oh, here we go. Here's Kobe. So I think my least favorite 80 slasher which one madman oh yeah Ugh. yeah i don't like madman um and we've talked about that before and everybody loves it but anyways april fool's day if you haven't watched it buy that goddamn blu-ray that blu-ray was gorgeous i'd never seen it look that good it's one of my favorite slashers i'm wearing the t-shirt right now i own it on vhs really i do did you get that from carl's ed video yes sir nice mm -hmm. so that was april fool's day quickly 
Scary Movie 1 and 2. Oh. Rewatched them recently just because I love them. Um, most of the horror genre hate Scary Movie uh, because it makes fun of the genre. I think the first two send up the genre. I don't think they make fun of it. I think as they go, they're horrible. Right. Three, four, five worst movies ever made. Um, I love the first movie mostly because the killer is so goddamn funny. Mm. Um, they smoke uh, a bong out of a fucking fish tank with the killer. Uh, the I love the killer. Love the guy. You know, I love, how, I love how he has a different mask for all of his expressions. All of his expressions. It's like yeah. basically a cartoon. Right. Um, like there's one part where Buffy, the girl, breaks her leg on purpose and he like, he like, he, ugh, like he's, <laughs> oh, like it's like too much for him because it's right. gross. He's like, oh, right. Um, and then uh, the, there's the high face, uh, right. and then you know, slash him, gash him. Yep. Uh, I love. I, I had that soundtrack though. Really? Yep. I love that first scary movie, and then I remembered Scary Movie Two being much better. It's not not that good. Mm. Turns into a Charlie's Angels ending. Uh, that I feel like it's the beginning of the end of that franchise, where it's like, oh, let's make fun of movies in general, right? Um, so Scary Movie One Two, love the first movie, second movie, eh, it's okay. Not that good. You want me to keep going? Sure. Babysitter. Oh. Rewatched the Babysitter a couple nights ago. Uh, Mick G. Mick G. Everybody hates him but me. <laughs> exactly. Um, Mick G. So he's. You know, with my luck, he's going to get fucking accused of sexual misconduct. Probably. And be like, God damn it. On every podcast I say, I like him. Yeah. So Mick G. He, he, is, he is the low rent Michael Bay. He, uh, everything he shoots looks like a commercial or a, a music video. So everything is dialed up to 100, so it's almost like none of his shots matter. Um, everything's gorgeous. Everything's everything's watched. Everyone's watching. Um, but, yeah, Babysitter, it's fun. It's fun. I really, it's, it's a blast. It's a matter of weaving. And I was just going to say, but I feel like if it wasn't Sam Weaving, it'd be a wholly different movie because she is so goddamn charming and so good in everything that she's in. She elevates the Babysitter, in my opinion. Because other aspects of that film are like the bad parts of McGee or Michael Bay where it's like cultural appropriation and just kind of being an asshole, like just the childish script. Um, but Sam Weaving. So Babysitter, still enjoy it. Uh, I, I'd be interested to see a sequel, but after Rim of the World. You're done. I don't know if I can handle any more McGee. Right, we are getting that sequel. I hope so. Oh, they haven't like shot it yet? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I hope Sam Weaving's in it. Hmm. So I feel like she she shouldn't be. If she's not, I'm not gonna watch. I feel it. like she's like too big to return to, and she's not. But I mean, for like the babysitter, like imagine she's if she wasn't for the in Ready too. or Not. Like how good would Ready or Not be without her? Probably not near as good. Mm. Uh, so, anyways, that's. I feel like I'm going on. That's the babysitter. Do you have more? I've got several. Go ahead. All right, Eric. What have uh, you been watching? I rewatched, and then we'll get to our list of our top ten of the decade. I rewatched uh, Elvira. Mistress of the Dark. Uh, and Eric loves Elvira. Mistress of the Dark. Yep. Um, because it has a new blue from uh, Arrow Video. Okay. And God damn it, Da, this movie is just so much fun. Um, I would call it horror light. Okay. You know, where it's got like horror elements, but it's, it's not. It's more about the iconography than it is like a horror movie. But it's not a horror film, yeah. right? Um, I would say this is great gateway horror. Okay. You know, this is something you could show to someone maybe a little younger, someone who's not interested in horror. Someone a little more naive. Um, I tweeted that a great double would be Elvira and Pee Wee. Okay. Because Love Pee Wee. Because that's how both of those films are. How they have like horror elements, 
Yeah. But they're certainly not uh, horror films. You want to see something really scary? It's just... That's so, the Twilight Zone movie? It's just... <laughs> um, Very similar scene, right? To right. Large Marge. I was just fucking around. Go ahead. Right. Um, I don't want to talk about it, but I watched The Vast of Night and I didn't like it. Uh, Elvira is just a lot of fun. Uh, next thing I watched was Porno. Yep. Uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't be talking about porno now because the whole Cinestate scandal. Yep. Uh, porno takes place in the early 90s. Um, it's about these kids who work uh, at a theater and you learn that like once a week, the manager lets the kids uh, choose a film that's currently playing for them to like watch like mm-hmm. after they're done with all of their duties. And uh, while they're debating on what to watch, uh, they discover a secret room with a secret reel that, that when they turn on, it unleashes a sex demon. And so the kids have to find a way to stop the sex demon. I actually really liked it. That was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, something else I got on here is Get In. Uh, this is a French film. Not Get Out. No, this is Get In. Okay. A very interesting idea on the home invasion film. It's about a young, small family, a man, woman, and their small son, uh, they go away on holiday and they've asked uh, a couple, a friend of theirs to babysit. And when they get back home, the couple who's supposed to be babysitting has found some type of legal loophole that allows them to stay in the house and not the family that it belongs to. Like they're going to squat on the house. Right. But like, they're like legally doing it. Okay. So this young family is literally put out of their house and this man, uh, the father who's put out, slowly kind of starts going like crazy, like trying to figure out how can he get his family back in? Mm-hmm. How can he get his family back out? And he meets up with this man who's really ends up just being super toxic for him, but starts telling them like, if you want him out, let's just go get him out. Hell yeah. So it's a little bit different take on the home invasion film. And uh, with it being on Netflix, I definitely think it's worth watching. Um, another film I got on here is called The Wind. I'm not too sure when this came out. I would guess late 80s, but probably more early 90s. Uh, this was directed by Nico Mastoricus. This is the same guy who did Island of Death and the Zero Boys. It is. I've seen the Zero Boys. Um, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Uh, who's the woman and and they live? Like Ooh. we should know her. Yeah, we should know her. Uh, it's her. She's the she's the lead. Um, she is a, if I remember correctly, a novelist and she, uh, rents a house. I think it's like this, like, uh, uh, it's like this small coastal town in like Italy, maybe somewhere. Is it Meg Foster? Meg Foster. I looked it up, but go ahead. Um, she rents a house in this small, like Italian, maybe like Greek village. And, um, you learn the wind there is just like out of control. It's Carlsbad, New Mexico. It's yeah. What Ben said, uh, it's so bad. They're advised not to go outside. Okay. So the first night she's there, there's a man outside trying to get in to kill her. Okay. So she has like nowhere to go. There's the man and, uh, the wind outside are too much of a threat to leave. So what does she do? Um, it's actually uh, really cool. I really like this. Uh, this Where'd you a, watch that? Uh, this was another Arrow Blue that I just randomly bought because huh. uh, I like to randomly buy Arrow Blues. I'm going to do one more and then I'm going to stop. Uh, this one I really liked. This is called Blood Quantum. This is a recent Shudder exclusive. It is a zombie film. Did you buy that Shudder shirt? 
I did not buy the Shutter shirt. I wanted to, but I, I don't really subscribe to Shutter. I wish you did. Um, What's that supposed to mean? I'm just saying you're missing out on a lot of cool things <laughs> like Blood Quantum. Blood Quantum. Go ahead. Okay. Is Blood, this new? This is a new film. Okay. It's a brand new film. Uh, it's, it's about a zombie outbreak, but uh, these certain Indians are immune to the virus. And Native Americans? Native Americans. Okay. Right. I think I think it's supposed to be in America. Um. So they like set up like which is like like on their like reservation, um, like a fortified city, you know, to keep, you know, other people out and to keep the zombies out. Okay. Um. But then you know quickly that falls into uh, shambles. Right. Exactly. Um. And, you know, it's like a metaphor of like you know their land being taken away from them again. Okay. Um. I really, really liked it. Like, uh, aside from all of the political commentary that it nails, it's also just like a fantastic zombie film of just like great gore. Nice. Um, I really, really liked a new zombie movie that you liked. I really, really liked Blood wow. Quantum. Yeah. Well, That's yeah. it. That's all he does got. That's all he does got. I'll, 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 we're, we're about to talk our top 10 of the decade. And I'm already fucking spent, duh. But, already done. I've quickly got, we'll get back up. But, uh, a couple rewatches. I'm almost done. Okay. Oh, yep. I've got two more. American Psycho and 4K. Nope. Finally watched it. Awesome. Great movie. Fucking American Psycho. Love it. And The World's End. Mm. And I recently realized. That it's fantastic. That Ben, me, Ben. Well, this is in the wrong order. Me, Ben, and his wife, Sabra. We, we rewatched every single Edgar Wright movie he's made <laughs> over the last like three months. And how good is Scott Pilgrim? All Good. It's amazing. All. All yes. of them, all of them are great. Every movie he's I ever made. I recently revisited Baby Driver, and he had and and doing that made me be like, God damn it! Last night in Soho, better be fucking good, and it's delayed to next year. Right? Wasn't it supposed to be June? It was supposed to be like September. Oh, but it's delayed to next year. So that, with that, Eric, that's the end of our what we've been watching. We hope you're still with us. We've got coming up because we've we've gone through some bullshit. Tom, <laughs> top ten of the decade. Mm-hmm. Okay, Eric, let's do it. Let's do what, it. You got a you got a Terra Tunes for us? You know I do. I got a Is it themed for the, the decade? It sure isn't. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. Uh, Good you, job. You know, I feel like We only had what, six months to, to plan this out? Yeah. And I took the easy route of just talking <laughs> uh you know, wanting to discuss a horror punk band. Let's do it. I you know, when I started Terror Tunes, that was the idea. Yeah. Was to But as with everything it. on this podcast, it's sort of moved into some other realm that we're not we don't even really understand correct but first correct. of all we have to do the theme song and it's time for Eric Coffin's Terror okay ready okay Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes fuck you Eric fuck you fuck you Eric fuck you even Ben got in on it yeah yeah so I thanks Ben I know I promised last episode I was gonna do this big amazing um, you did? I didn't even listen to you last I episode. I did, because I didn't have a Terror Tunes last time. I don't remember that. Yeah, and so I was going to like come back strong. And, and you didn't. And I did not. I, I took the easy way out of just discussing a horror punk band that I wish to share. Okay, let's do it. Um, but I want to give my original plan. Okay, so there's a... Uh, that you're not going to do. That I'm not doing. Okay, no. <laughs> great. So, so in a way, you guys are getting like two Terror Tunes. Hey. Yeah. So, so be happy out there. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna do a band called the Casket Creatures, with which, if anybody is taking note, um, which nobody is, which nobody is, 
uh, my very first terror tunes was uh, the Casket Creatures. I remember and, that. And uh, anyways, they have a 2018 album called Return to Wolfton, and they have a song about Roswell, New Mexico. And I just really got tickled um, with tickled that. tickled since Eric was tickled uh, because you know we live uh, seventy minutes away from Roswell, you know, and I'm sure everybody knows, you know, that's the alleged site of a uh, UFO crashing. Um, and so I wanted to talk that. I kind of wanted to talk cryptozoology. I kind of wanted to talk, you know, aliens. But instead... Uh, what do you have for us instead? Instead, I was going to discuss how I find new horror punk. Okay. And an example of one that I did. Band, of course. This, this is a very academic... Look okay. into Eric's yes. uh, psyche. Okay, so I'm reading from a piece of paper that I wrote yesterday. Okay. This is his will and testament. <laughs> is my, yes, so take note. <laughs> One of the ways I find new horror punk to listen to is by cruising the horror punk tag on Bandcamp. My attention span is pretty brief when I do this. I'll pick a band based on cover artwork or their name, and then a song if I catch a reference from a song title. And if that song doesn't catch me damn near immediately... I'll go back and start looking for another band to catch my attention. And fortunately, this is how I came across the theater zombies. Uh, hailing from Stratford, Connecticut, they call themselves the kings of pop punk, horror rock, and pseudo metal, which is just a goddamn mouthful to me. Uh, I took to them, though, because they possess the three traits that I look for in a horror punk band. They're fast, catchy, and most importantly, their songs are about horror movies. Uh, this is The House of Ancient Evil from their 2016 album, A Name Whispered in Fear. This place was built for the tomb of a vampire. It's restricted and consuming and hellfire. You're hypnotized by the power that he holds. It So, um, they currently have five albums available on their Bandcamp that you can download by naming your price, or you can buy physical copies uh, from the band. Uh, the singer has another horror punk band called The Dracu Lads. Of course. Uh, but I've yet to give them a chance. I've got a really fucking dumb story when I first discovered the theater zombies. Uh, they spell theater T-H-E-A-T-R-E, which is actually how it's spelled. It's not T-H-E-A-T-E-R? So you can spell it both ways, but movie theater is T-R-E. Okay. Well, then um, I'm just a but, fucking idiot. No, but but including myself, because it doesn't look right, because none of us spell it that way, mm -hmm. none of us do that. But that's why Allen Theaters is T-R-E-S, because that's the correct spelling of a movie theater. Uh, but you know how it is. It, however th people spell things, that's how they're spelled. Like... So it's TR, it's both mm. now. But originally, movie theater is TRES. Go ahead, Eric. So, based on that spelling and with the singer's uh, other band, the Dracu Lads, I just assumed they were British. 
And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> awesome. And uh, they're not. They're from awesome. the states. So, uh, yeah, so I strongly encourage you guys well, that to check song, out. That song we song. played was amazing. Oh, well, I'm glad you just listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was. That was the Theater Zombies. And that was Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, E-Dog. Fuck you. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you. All right. And now. It's time to get to our topic of the it's pod. Time. And what were we at? Like three hours in. We're like three hours in. So this is the Ghoul Squad. I might put a I might put a timestamp as to when this topic starts in case okay. people want to skip through it. That's a good idea. So now hit the music because it's time for our top ten films of the last decade, and we're doing it in June. Hit it. Don't you love that grindhouse music, Eric? I sure do. Yeah, me too. So, Eric, th- I'm excited. I'm actually excited about this because these are the films we talk all the time. Some of them we may not talk a lot about because we've talked a lot about them before. Mm-hmm. And some of them we might. So we'll see. But why don't we start with just a quick, what do we think overview of the decade? You know what? As shitty as 2020 has been, the fucking 2010 to 2019 decade it's incredible. Absolutely. Even if we're talking horror films. Yeah. I've got a great list of 10 here for you. Me too. And then just the list of things that came out of the last 10 years. I guess I guess no matter what, there's going to be good horror over 10 years, right? Sure. But you just look back and it's like, fuck, man. Like there were just some moments. And, you know, I like to say this. I mean, if you heard me talk a lot, I talk about moments. There were just some moments in the horror genre. My number one is... In, in my opinion, the moment of the 2010s. And we'll get to that. But um, there's just a lot. You know, this is like the rise of Jordan Peele. Right. You know, this is the rise of art house horror. Even though he didn't come onto the scene until like 2018. Well, same with art house. I mean, it really like, you know, this is the rise. You mean the same, like 824? Yeah. This is the rise of like 824, gotcha. art house, you know, the witch. This is the rise of, this is not 824, but it follows. You know, this is when you know, the Babadook. This is when small films became big to us. Right. And, and that always happens. Don't get me wrong. There's always indie films, but it was just like the horror genre really opened up over the last 10 years to, you know, to the point where we were getting things like the lighthouse, you know, where, where it's, it's not even really horror. You know, it comes at night, not a film that's going to be on my list, but that's a movie that's like art house, a 24. You're talking about, uh, some of these being smaller films. Yeah. How many of these films, if you don't mind doing a quick count, on your list did you see in a theater? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, really? nine, ten. All ten. I saw you all ten. You saw every single yeah. film but on you know your me. list? Yes. But you know I only me. saw five of these in theaters. But it'll it'll probably illuminate the difference between you and I, which is I love I'm a huge so yes, I love small things. But I also love, you know, I love the theater. I love when horror is at its biggest, even if it's small. I love popcorn. Mm. You know, as much as I do love art house stuff, I, I really had to stay true to the things that I've rewatched the most. That's a big part of, I'm sure you have thought about that with your list as well. 
Um, so yeah, no, I think the reason, like, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like with my top 10, I go to the films that like, I think I would rewatch the most and my, my favorites sort of moments probably. And you know, I think of stuff like if we want to start throwing movies out, I want, I want you to, what your opinion, but you know, I think of stuff like the battery and the battery is a film I absolutely loved. And it was a moment in the genre, but it's not, it didn't make my top 10. Right. Because I really, really like, you know, the big, I like set piece horror, right? Okay. We talk about this a lot and I feel like all my whole list is full of set pieces and those are usually in films that went to theater. So Eric, why do you think you're, you have five that didn't go to theater? Uh, well, some of them, uh, like I didn't even like hear about till they reached Blu-ray. Right. So that could be one reason. Um, but, um, so I don't think that takes away from their quality. No. By any by any uh, measure. Um, but um, when I guess look at this list, a lot of them seems like real small. You're talking about set pieces. And there's an exception for sure. But I look at these films and they all seem a little bit more low-key. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe maybe is, t- is the time to just start talking films. Um because obviously now we're just sort of talking generalities about our list, Mm -hmm. but you know, I just think, I guess, I guess just as a whole, like we were going the the decade, it is kind of crazy because I feel like early in the decade, it's very different to late in the decade. Like the early in the decade was still dragging on from very violent, very, you know, remakes. There's a remake, you know, there's stuff like that. There's and then it turns into more art house towards the end of the horror. Uh, the, actually, that kind of is that kind of sums up, in my opinion, the decade. We're coming out of the 2010s from torture porn into sort of found footage, then sort of floundering in 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 still violent but not sure, and then into art house. And that's kind of where we're at now. Mm. Which I'm not saying everything is art house, but everything is is more. It's either a really really dumb horror movie now or an a really smart horror movie. That's kind of where we're at right now. I feel like, so I don't know what else about decade before we start talking movies. Okay. This decade versus last decade. I, I, the two thousands kind of seem more magical to me just because that's like when I was like finding stuff me too, and like getting into the genre. Having said that, I just revisited hostile and I was cringing a whole lot because of that dialogue. Yeah. Just how freely he throws around politically incorrect words. And I was kind of struggling with the idea, like, is that just how Eli Roth writes? Or is that he, what he thinks people talk like? Right. Or like, that's just how those characters are supposed to be. Because they're, like, supposed to be, like, bro-y guys. Yeah. I rewatched Hostel. I talked about it on the podcast about three years ago. And I, I can't lie. I loved it. Loved Hostel. Yes, very similar to Cabin in the Woods, the dialogue is out of touch. Right. But I love, love that fucking, I love Hostel. Um, and I don't know if people would say that. Like saying that to our small community, I don't know if people love Hostel. I really don't anymore. But I watched it like three years ago and I, I thought that. I thought, oh, I'm not going to like it because it's Hostel. It's not cool to like Hostel. I fucking loved it. Love that movie. Um, I love how mean and how fucked up well, that's that what I was going to say. Like when it finally like ramps up at the end. Oh, yeah. But that's like, that's when it becomes like a horror film. Yeah. It's not them trying to like sleep with women. It's okay. Now we're have to like break out of this fucking dirty ass dungeon Certainly. that we're being tortured in. But, but you know, it is kind of that era where all the, all the characters are assholes in horror movies. Mm. Um, 
and and I feel like that's sort of the point. And then of course he sort of reacted to that with Hostel too, where it's more about the right. women, right? And I really really like that. I, I don't know. I love Hostel, um, but I just feel like I feel I agree. So what you were trying to say and what I'm trying to say. I feel like I like the last decade more that had like the Hills have eyes remake, which I know I'm talking about a remake, but that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know if this is right to say, but it's like now we're getting like politically correct horror films. Sure. And and we're getting films about things, which is very exciting. Or we're getting different stories from other groups. Sure. But at that time, like the Hills have eyes remake, like the Dawn of the dead remake, which you recently said you don't like that much. Yeah. True. Um, but just that whole era, Hostel, Saw, like it was just The Devil's Rejects came out during that time. High tension. High fucking high tension. The uh, Martyrs, sorry. Mar- mm. Inside. Mm. So those films, that was like the f- new new French extremism era where just like I feel like that was really where I was growing up and stuff. I mean, oh, by the way, my birthday's in a couple, uh, next week. Right? You say, you say your birthday's uh, Fulcher's birthday yeah, as well. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I sound super young. I'll, I'll be 29 uh, next Wednesday. But- you got to remember at that time, like if it's 2003, 2004, I don't even want to say how old I am. I'm pretty young. And so I love horror. And of course I grew up on Halloween, which is why Halloween's my favorite movie of all time, uh, a horror movie of all time. Um, growing into the genre with new films, it was all of that. It was torture porn. It was uh, the French era of high tension and Alex Aja and Pascal Laguiri and fucking Alexandra Bustillo and Julianne Mori, like just that whole era. Uh, uh, Xavier Jens, Javier Jens. I don't know how to say his name. Right, he did Frontiers. Frontiers. Uh, and, uh, that, the Divide. The Divide. Uh, which I have as an honorable mention. Um, love all of like just that shit. So I feel like I do like that era more um, last decade. But this decade, I think, probably has better movies. Right. And I feel like we say that a lot where it's like we love splatter and, and crazy shit. But these are probably better movies than those. So what do you want to do, Eric? Uh, you go first. Want to? Do we want to like rifle shit off like honorable mentions? Oh, I don't have honorable mentions. So well, I don't either. Get it. But I have a lot of. I have years. Okay, we don't have to talk all of them. But I, my plan here was to go through some of the years and just throw movies out. And you can you can say, oh, I'm gonna wait on that or whatever you want. Mm. But I'll like okay. For instance, 2010. Okay. I, I didn't write down 2009. 2010. Okay, here we go. This is the last decade of movies. This is not my list. This is films that I wrote down for for, for years. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let Me In came mm. out in 2010. Matt Reeves, Let Me In. Piranha 3D was Eli Roth's 2010. A Serbian film came out in 2010. Stakeland. Damn. Stakeland. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, mm. 2010. 2011, Fright Night remake. Mm-hmm. Innkeepers. Ty West Innkeepers. Scream 4. You're next. The Divide. Came out that year. Absentia came out in 2011. That's Mike Flanagan's first movie. Loved it. I saw when I saw it, and then I've been fought. Of course, Mike Flanagan's fucking like everybody's darling now. Right. Greatest fucking. Um. 2012. Cabin in the Woods. Hmm. I wonder if that'll come up again. Uh. Lords of Salem. Maniac. Remake. Uh. The Battery came out in 2012. The first VHS movie came out in 2012. Um, not going to be on my list, but I mean, fuck man, VHS was awesome. Like mm-hmm. that, that whole era was cool where we were just getting all these fucking, um, anthology films. 2013 brought us the conjuring, mm-hmm. which could come up again. The evil dead remake. What a year. 2013. Yeah. The sacrament came out in 2013. That's Ty West. I love, if you guys don't know this, I love Ty West. Uh, mama is a movie that everybody like hates, but I really like Ma. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, Mama. I'm joking. Similarly hated movie because of the CGI, but this film features Jessica Chastain as a rocker with black hair. Yes. So I like Mama. Uh, 2014. Your mama's titty. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 2014 had It Follows release. Uh, the Town That Dreaded Sundown remake mm-hmm. came out in 2014. The Babadook was 2014. Uh, Spring. So I love Spring. Spring is uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Yep. Love that movie. The Guest came out in 2014. Not really horror, so it didn't make my list. Good Night Mommy came out in 2014. All right, let's hit 2015 up. Crimson Peak, mm-hmm. Deathgasm, Final Girls, Krampus, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. We are still here. Mm. The Witch, The Fucking Witch, Bone Tomahawk, The Invitation. Hell House LLC, and one of my favorite movies, Southbound. Mm. That was all 2015. Yeah. We're almost done here. 2016, Autopsy of Jane Doe, Conjuring 2, Don't Breathe, Hush, Train to Busan, Raw, mm. Revenge. This is getting crazy. Uh, Lights Out. I love Lights Out. Mm-hmm. Blair Witch, which no one likes, but I love. Mm-hmm. 2017, Alien Covenant, Gerald's Game, Get Out. Fucking get out. Happy Death Day. It Chapter 1. Annabelle Creation. 2018 brought us Hereditary. I wrote The Predator just for you. Thank you. Uh, and Overlord, which I don't really... I mean, it's horror, but... I don't, I don't. You're, you're really making me question my list right now. I'm just going through this. I know, but it's like, damn, I didn't include that. I didn't include that. Well, I just thought I'd throw these out. By the way, this isn't all of them that came out in the year. This is just shit I wrote down. So if I'm missing something, remember, I'm just writing shit down here. 2019 brought us Crawl, Alex Aja's Crawl, which I've been quoted to say, that's Ben. Ben's poo-pooing it. Crawl, I've been quoted to saying- That's what we fucking had, should have had him do at the start was yeah. defend his inaccurate Crawl well, review. There you go. Uh, maybe we'll do that on the next episode. Crawl is, I'm quoted as saying, that's why I go to the movies. Mm-hmm. The Lighthouse, Midsummer, mm-hmm. Ready or Not, Dr. Sleep. And I wrote also down, this is not on any of these, Annihilation, 10 Chlorophyll Lane, because I don't really put those as horror movies. And then in 2012, you're going to be like, uh, The Wretched, Becky. 2012? 2020 is what I meant. Okay. I'm sorry that I went through all that. I thought it'd be fun to go through the decade. I tell you, all that did was make me question this list I got. Perfect. That's what we like around here. So oh, let's do it. I'll go first. since you Yeah, just, let's do it. Since you just went off. What's that supposed to mean, Eric? What's that supposed to mean? I just meant you talked a lot. I thought you'd like a break. What's that supposed to mean? I'm saying that you talked a bunch. (laughs) Go ahead, Eric. My number 10. My number 10. The... Tenth greatest film of the, of the last decade. Ten? You're not sure about this, right? I, I'm, I'm all questioning now. I'm questioning my list. Is Mike Flanagan's Gerald's Game? Fuck yeah! This movie fucking terrified me. I don't know if I'd be willing to watch it again because the Moonlight Man is so goddamn scary. Because he be sucking on your toes, not your titties, your toes, your toes. <laughs> So, if you have not seen Gerald's Game, it's about an older couple who decides they need to spruce up their sex life. Bruce Greenwood. And in order to do so, they... I forget if they rent or if they own this house. It's in the middle of... Irrelevant. Well, it's kind of important, the house is, because where it's stationed, there's no people around. Mm -hmm. 
Secluded. Seclude, very secluded. I think they've given off all the errand boys like the weekend off or something. And uh, the man in the relationship wishes to handcuff the woman who was played by, I can't pronounce her last name. Help me out here. I know who it is. I don't, I, her name is difficult. Yeah. She's in everything Mike Flanagan does. Right. She's in Ouija Origin of Evil. She's in Haunting of Hill House. Uh, so he handcuffs her with like not play cuffs, not like sex toy cuffs, but like your ass just got arrested by the police cuffs. Whoa. And uh, is that appropriate right now? I'm just describing the cuffs. I <laughs> just go ahead, Eric. Um, so he handcuffs her to the headboard of the bed and literally like minutes later, he fucking has a heart attack and dies. Yes, that's correct. So the and what, rest, in, what ensues? So the rest of the film is this woman's struggle on how to free herself, and it is absolutely terrifying. It's harrowing. It is, and it's. And I mean, and super like heady themes it deals with as well. Yeah, like uh, she confronts past uh, emotional trauma that she suffered while trying to uh, get loose, and then there may or may not be a. Man sucking on her toes. That comes and visits her every night. Uh, Gerald's game fucking terrified me. Mike Flanagan is just a master yep. filmmaker. And that is why number 10 is Gerald's game for me. Yeah, totally agree with you, dude. I mean, uh, it's not on my list. I love not Gerald's game. It's great. Great okay. film. Um, Let's hear Keggy's. I love Gerald's game. Uh, I didn't love the whole ending, but. I really like that. Oh, movie. I was into that because I needed something concrete. Closure. And the film provided it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of the beginning of like, obviously Mike Flanagan had done some things that we liked. Um, even Oculus is a good movie, but, um, he had done hush by then, right? Yeah. He had done hush. So he, it was like absentia, uh, Oculus hush, and then Gerald's game. But Gerald's game was like the explosion where it was like, Oh shit. Right. Um, this guy's really good. And then Mike right, F. Yeah, and then right after that was Haunting Hill House, and then now it's Doctor Sleep. And what what's next? Something huge. Well, he's doing the Haunting of Bly House now. Yeah, there to shoot it. No, but he was announced to do something huge. Damn it! I don't like when podcasts do this to me. So you guys are gonna wait here while I go look up what Mike Flanagan's next movie is, so you don't have to shout into the goddamn wind. And I can tell you exactly what that film is if Ben's Wi-Fi can go faster. Now we're condemning Ben's Wi-Fi. First, yep. it was his uh, well, just every opinion on crawl. everything about him. Uh, no idea. No idea what he's doing next. It says haunting, haunting a blind manor. Midnight Mass is a TV series, and then Hollerin. Uh, no idea what the hell I was talking about. I just ruined this podcast. Okay, Eric. So your number ten was Mikey F's Gerald's Game. That's right. Nobody calls him Mikey F, but we're gonna get that started here. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is a film that I've talked a lot about, so I kind of feel like I don't know what I can say. Um, I really struggle with this. I feel like my number 10 is like eight movies. That's okay. how I felt about the decade. But the movie that I could think of that I thought, you know what, scared the fuck out of me, loved it. Uh, it, it you know, if you ask me, like, if you, if you had to ask, oh, what, what's a movie Keegan likes that he doesn't shut up about? Like, I feel like I couldn't put something else here. There may be better films, but my number 10 is Annabelle Creation. God damn it. What? Annabelle Creation? I really like that movie. making your list. Yes. All yes. Right, it's your list. I love 
I love sequences of terror. I love scary shit. I love to be, um, you know, I love for a filmmaker to take you by the hand and say, you know what, let's roll down this set piece. Okay. Um, I love set piece horror. I love films that just pause, score, pause everything just to completely, fuck you know, with you. fuck with you. I love it. This is the James Wan model, which I'm sure will bring up more James Wan. Yes. Um, but this is James Wan light, but in all the best ways. Um, I feel dumb because it's like there's other films I didn't include on my list that I'd I th- say that I think are better. But I really just feel like Annabelle Creation. I love it. I love I love that movie. I you know I like it too. But to name it one of the best films of the last ten years, goddamn. I wanted my list not to be what people think should be the top 10, but We're they're reflective mine. of you. They're my top 10. Sure. And I love Annabelle creation. Sure. Love it. I love how fucking terrifying it is. And it's just like constant, constant. Like the film just will not let you go from that tense feeling. And there's, there's like a, there's one sequence in it with a dollhouse that I really want my brother to see. Cause he doesn't like being scared. And I think it is one of the scariest sequences I've ever seen in a theater. And it has to do with the dollhouse. Maybe it just maybe it's something. Maybe the imagery scares me, and it doesn't scare other people. That is a very scary movie. There's fucking scarecrows in that goddamn movie. There's fucking scarecrows in that goddamn movie. I love Animal Creation. A child gets run over in the first ten minutes. Right. Spoiler. Yeah. So my number ten is Annabelle Creation. So Eric, what's your number nine? My number nine is a man you said we were going to talk about James Wan, and sure enough, we're talking about him, The Conjuring. Yeah. Um, you go ahead. I kind of feel like The Conjuring is like as high polished as you can make a horror film and as terrifying as you can make a horror film. Like he somehow has straddled that line perfectly. It's just great looking and it's really, really good. Like, is that a thing? Like, um, like a big budget film that's also like good at the same time. Is that a thing? Cause yeah. I feel like James Wan has accomplished it. With yeah. The Conjuring. I mean the conjuring uh, it's, it's later on my list. Okay. Right. It's the conjuring. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's like what happens when you give someone, uh, to do a, a control, a, just a straight horror movie, but you give them like $40 million. Right. Which is a fuck ton for a, li- a haunted house movie. Right. And it's like, all right, cool. Go off and be insane. Like, right. shoot this thing like it's fucking The Exorcist. Hell, that's not even... Like, shoot this thing like it's... Like, you're shooting, you know, The Fast and the Furious 7. Exactly. I, I but, was just going to say that. But a 70s send-up of, like, that... Yeah. Haunted house movies. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I'll talk... I'll, I'll wait. I'll talk more about Conjuring. But yes, okay. I totally agree with you with the budget aspect. That movie feels huge. Right. Huge. And it's a fucking haunted house movie. That's all it is. And I think that's what uh, uh, attracts or appeals to me so much. For sure. Is it's, um, I guess maybe we're just like used to like not getting things very polished in this sure. genre. Yeah. And here is something that is just as clean as a whistle. And huge. I mean, I right. just don't know. It's it's hard to explain scale because it's not about like, oh, it go, it's a lot of locations or anything like that. No. It's like, it's the actors. It's the way it's shot. It's perfect. What I think Conjuring is, I think that movie is a perfect movie. There's not a second that I, I mean, that is, that's a perfect movie. Like I have movies on this list that I do not think are perfect. The Conjuring is a perfect movie. I agree. Yeah. So that is, Conjuring is number nine. My number nine. What's here, G? Well, it's a movie that's not perfect. It's a movie that I just feel like from this decade, this was, this was a big deal. And I still love it. I rewatched it 
uh, about a week, two weeks ago. Okay. Loved it. This is your next. Oh, I love your next. Love this movie. This is Adam Wingard's your next. And you know, again, is I can't say what's not on my list yet. But are other movies better? Are they art house? Are they better? Yes. But just looking at it, I couldn't leave your next off this. But if I you're couldn't. looking for a good time. Yeah, this was just a big deal. This is Lionsgate picking up Adam Wingard's movie. This this had all this hype coming into it. Um, it got delayed like four times, finally came out. I saw it in theater. I'm not kidding. I saw this movie in theater four times in Las Cruces. And I uh, loved it. And nobody cared about it but the horror genre. And uh, I just, I love your next. You know, I mean, if you don't, you know, your next is Home Invasion. But uh, it's just a blast. It's a horror fan's blast. Is it about anything? No, not really. Is it a blast? Does it have Barbara Crampton? Does it have AJ Bowen? Does it? Ty West is in it. Yep. Um, this is just a little horror treat, and uh, I think it's one of the biggest horror treats of the decade. So it's my number nine. I love your next. Rewatched it. Held up, man. Great movie. I agree. Sharni Vincent is just great. Perfect. Again. Is the budget huge like The Conjuring? No, but it's a blast. So that's my number nine. Number nine. All right. Eric, what's your number eight? Keeping this going, I'm going with Tucker and Dell versus Evil. Yeah. Because I think it's just so goddamn clever. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know Tucker and Dell versus Evil, it's about these two hick-ass. Hick ass. Eric loves hicks. How many times am I going to say hick-ass this episode? I don't know. And is that okay to say? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> you're you're going to go ahead and take a stand. I'm gonna, I live in Carlsbad, It's okay to say hick-ass. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm going to go with hick-ass, cool. yeah. Um, I'm glad that you're taking a stand on something today. <laughs> uh, these two hick-ass dudes, <laughs> uh, uh, they are fixing up a cabin in the middle of the woods. It's something that you would think um, you uh, uh, an area of the woods where Friday the 13th or uh, the Evil Dead could take place in. Yes. And nearby are some uh, college kids. Uh, looking to party and there is uh, a history to this area of the woods and you learn that there's been a murder before in these woods so these kids kind of jump to the conclusion that these hick-ass two guys uh, are bad are evil are going to try to kill them when they couldn't be more the opposite yes when they're just kind of these silly uh nice dudes uh but situations arise where it seems like they're killing the kids but in actuality they're not. The kids are almost overreacting and killing themselves, basically. It's just, yeah. Right. And uh, just such a clever take on, like, slasher films. Yeah. And that's what makes me like it so much and just how, like, silly it is. Um, College kids. <laughs> yes, there's a terrific moment in the film where... <laughs> One of them repeats the phrase college kids over and over, and it kills me every time. College kids. College kids. Um... That makes Great Tucker movie. and Dale. And then it has a heart, right? There's like a heart to it as well. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You learn that one of the hick-ass dudes, he has like no confidence. One of the what uh, dudes? Hick-ass. Okay. Uh, he has like no confidence, but through the course of the film, he finally like stands yeah. up for himself and believes that he's worthy of uh, being in a relationship. Right. Uh, I love Tucker and Dale Receive. I can't I mean it's amazing. Yes. Amazing film. And that was your number? That was my number eight. So my number eight is a James Wan joint. Ooh. And I thought about leaving it off because I have another James Wan. I have two James Wan films. And you know, the more, the more I, I just, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I really, this was a, I'll never forget seeing insidious in a theater. Never forget it. Um, you know, 
it's a great movie all around, but let's just go ahead and say the, you know, the, the lipstick demon, uh, the Darth Maul jump scare. Insidious? Yeah. I don't think Insidious came out. 2010? 2010? Yeah. Okay. Here. Here. We'll put this in. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, hang on. I'll take your word, dog. Hey, Siri, when did the film and shitty-ish come out? Oh, it said, it said, oh, hang on. When did the film Insidious come out? Which one? Fuck you mean which one? Insidious was released March 31st, 2011. Oh, damn. I would have guessed 2009. So Insidious, uh, no, I'm just kidding, is my number eight. Okay. And, uh, you know, this is just a big deal. Uh, This was when James Wan left Saw and really... I mean, obviously, he did Death Sentence, which I think is a really good movie. Um, he also did that fucking Dead Silence movie. Um, but then, you know, he, he went and did Insidious, and this is early Blumhouse, I think? Okay. And uh, I, I don't... Fuck. I, ho- I don't remember if it is. I think it is. And, um, yeah, we all know Insidious. I mean, there's four of them now. And uh, I love this movie. Um, this was, like, the first time I feel like Haunted House sequences of terror really came back. Like this is this is trailing off of like Paranormal Activity I think was 09 and then you know prior to that was a lot of torture porn and and saw and shit like that and then then here we get Insidious which sort of explodes the mold which is sort of a classically directed at times um ghost story haunted house movie and uh you know it has uh, Rose Byrne and Patrick Wilson love both of them as actors and uh, there is just shit in this movie. You know, there's like a baby monitor scare I think is really fucking scary. There's times when I, I remember a scare when Roseburn goes upstairs and there's like somebody standing in the window. Um, it's a very scary movie. Um, and, you know, does this reach the heights of terror, in my opinion, and the perfect terror of uh, The Conjuring? No, uh, which is why it's ranked lower. But... I just remember, and then like the they introduced the further, which I think is cool, mm-hmm. but I feel like the the franchise sort of it, it decided to focus on that rather than I think what I like more, which is like a haunted house set piece driven movie, and um, that's what I love about Insidious uh, is just the 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 terror of that movie. There's a there's a there's a sequence in that movie where you know the kid is asleep and you just see the demon's hand come up out of the corner of the room in the dark room, and it's like that's horrifying terrifying to me um so i love james wan you know he's one of my favorite directors and when he's doing horror he's the best and this is early this is really early james wan this is really cheap james wan so he was made for like four or five million dollars like extremely cheap and fucking amazing please come back to horror james wan yes please what the fuck's he doing right now uh the trench he's not directing that movie aquaman 2 i guess Oh, bummer. He's producing that the Trench movie, which is based on those Trench monsters, those fucking creatures from the Black Lagoon type monsters. I didn't monsters. see uh, Aquaman. You didn't see it? I didn't see it because it's like two hours and 45 minutes. It, the yeah. fuck? Yeah, don't watch it. I mean, it's fine, but I, I don't care that I saw it mm-hmm. at all. And it's kind of James Wan. Like, I feel like when James Wan gets to um, like the, the big action, live action stuff, it's all just, I don't know. Here's the thing. I love Fast 7. Love I it. I don't. Love it. I if, don't. If I had to pick which of the Fast and the Furious films I like the most, I'd go 1 in 7. I'd go 1 in 6. Mm-hmm. I love 6. 6 is when the franchise decided to say, fuck it. We're all back. 
Right. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, yeah, no. So, you know, anyways, number eight's Insidious. Um, you guys probably out there, if you know who I am, I love like this sequences of terror type films. And um, I would have thought this would have been higher, but then he made The Conjuring. Mm. So it's not that high. So that's my number eight. Eric. Well, Insidious is not on my list. And number seven is a film that you Do you like Insidious? Spoke. You didn't even really speak on it. Uh, I do like Insidious, but I feel like it's not a film that's like stuck with me. Sure. It's like a film that I liked. Um, didn't we go see like part three in the theater? Yeah. And it was just like a terrible, awful experience. Oh, that might have been four. Okay. Well, then I haven't seen three. It's like I like Insidious, but not enough to like it, like to like seek out those sequels again. So here's the I okay. So here's the problem with Insidious. You know, if I like something, I usually go full bore on it. Well, here's the problem with Insidious. There's those sequels. I feel like if it was just that one movie, it would be held well, he did way part higher two as well, right? Yeah, but two is like then that's where two goes into the further. It's all about the further and mm. all that time bullshit and all that stuff. And I like that movie. I like those movies. I feel like the first movie is like really t- like solid, and then it's like oh let's go fucking back in time or fucking whatever in the first like I don't it becomes too much in my opinion it, it's like Ghost Watch it's fucking Poltergeist it's fucking I mean I love Poltergeist but anyways Insidious number eight is your number eight all right I'll Eric go, what's your number seven I'll go with my number seven it's a film you've already talked about uh, you're next good I don't feel so dumb uh, why. For having your next on your list? Well, yeah, I mean, because I didn't include. Okay, let's just get the the the, the let's get let's get the elephant in the room out of the room. Okay, let's before get it's it even in the room. Okay, I don't have the witch on here. Me neither. Right, and 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 I I love the witch. Sure, I fucking love the witch. But this is a, a list for me, right? And so right. so so writing. Oh, you know what? I like Adam Wingard's. You're next. I just feel stupid because the witch is such a better movie. But here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. You described your next as fun. Yes. And I guess I value fun more than artsy and good. Well, I and, and I described popcorn. Right, So exactly. I l- fucking love art house shit, but I also, I have to be. You just want to have a good time. I'm a Spielberg kid. You just want to have a good time. And, and I love popcorn. I, I can't, I can't stray away from my popcornness. I love popcorn. I'm 100% with you. Like, your next is the type of horror film that I can share with my mom. Absolutely. And which I did. And, That's you know, why stuff like like remember when we we were talking Autopsy of Jane Doe, which mm-hmm. is not on my list, but I'm like that movie is gangbusters because it's pure popcorn, mm-hmm. like it's not art house, it's not about anything really, it's just popcorn scares, and it's to a T. I love one more time popcorn, Eric. Go ahead, um, you're next. Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything you said about Adam Wingard, you described it as a treat, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, uh, with that, I mean, aside from it's like horror elements you named how there's like also like horror like people in the genre you know like you mentioned barbara crampton ty west yep it's also like really silly yeah it's also like really fun but i guess that larry fezenden uh right not much but yes he's in it um i guess that adds to the the magic you know i like that song but i don't remember the song um, that's why I've got number, uh, your next at number seven. I'm happy because I mean, I love your next, but again, like, you get what I'm saying? Like there, uh, there's another film. I'm not going to reveal all of it, but I don't have a, the witch and I love the witch, but I love your next. What would you say is the better film? The witch. Okay. Done. Interesting. Easy. Wow. Wow. I would not, I would have done your next. Your next is fun for us, but it's not a better Here, movie here's than the, the witch. Thing. You're programming movie night here. What yeah. film are you going to show? 
You're next, next or for the sure. Witch. You're next. Exactly. No, for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and again, I, I can't, I can't get away from pop. I love popcorn. Love it. So, Eric, that, that was, was your number seven. Okay, my number seven. Your number seven. It's a big one. Oh. And I, it's not, it's not lower because it only it came out very recently. I yeah. loved this movie, and uh, I'm happy to say, I mean, I, I hope this isn't too high. Uh, like, it's my number seven. And it's Jordan Peele's Us. I really like Us. Really, I think I think Us is going to be a film I'll probably watch forever and love. Um, and it could end up being even higher eventually. Like if I made this list ten years from now, mm. I think Us is probably going to stand time. I love shit like this. I love stuff that's bigger than it is. I love, you know, it's popcorn, but it's also because it's a blast. Us is fucking yeah. a lot of fun, but then it's also huge. Oh, so huge that people couldn't comprehend, like were too concerned about, you know, how does this make sense? And right. I know. Like after that movie came out, there was a million think pieces on how is it possible for tunnels? I don't care about that because that's not what it's about. It's about a lot and it's huge. And you know, the ending of this movie is like worldwide or global or so. I have no idea. And so I'm not going to like spoil us, but I love that. I just love that. It's fun. It's big. It's good. It has a lot of great people in it. Lupita Nyong'o. Right. Fucking uh, even uh, what's her name? The Invisible Man. Fucking Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss is in it at some point. Uh, what's his name? Winston Duke. Is that yes. his name? He's the father. Uh, he's hilarious. Hilarious. Um, yeah, man. Fucking love us. You know when you said that it's bigger than it actually is, and then you and then you pointed out how like people like complained about the logic or whatever the fuck. I, yeah, I thought you meant. The themes, because I feel like the themes of the film also projects it to sure. to huge heights. Sure, and and those are all the things that I I love, and I love you know, I just love movies that that you think about for days on end. Even if it's not it's not that you're sitting there like, man, what was us about? It's that you'll be driving in your car and you'd be like, man, what was that in us? Like, and you're like, here in my car, yeah, I'm the safest of all, exactly. And I'm thinking of us in cars. cars. Yep. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. I'm done. No, that's us. I love us. Is us on your list? Us is not on my list. Okay, I cool. told you. You're making I, me feel bad. I with, figured it wasn't. With what I got on here. Well, so I'll well. to my number six. Do you want me, since we're in the Jordan Peele hour? Nope, because you'll probably have it, so never mind. I don't have Get Out on my list. Okay, well, let's do that right now then. So so my number seven was us. It's Jordan Peele's us. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have Get Out on my list. Me and I want to get this out of the way because I picked one or the other. Um, just because, you know, I, and, and I've talked a lot about it. I love get out, but us is the movie I like more. And, you know, I, I think get out's amazing, but these other movies speak to me more and us spoke to me more than get out. But I love, I mean, get out's a fucking one of the most genius movies ever made. Uh, it just, you know, I like us more. Right. Um, so that's it. I don't have get out and that's insanity. I want to put that out there that that's insanity. And we know that I almost kind of feel like as much as I like get out. Um, and as good as it is, I mean, you've, you kind of already made this statement about how this is like a list for you. I guess that's like why get out or us isn't on here for me. It's like as, as good as those movies are, I would put one of these movies on first. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's exactly the same here. Like I would much rather rewatch us like 20 times. Because and I also feel like Get Out is a much more at least for those two films it's a much more straightforward movie, um, and I love the 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 big themes and and 
you know, ambiguousness of us. I prefer that to, to get out. So, but they're both incredible movies. Yes. Your number six. My number six. And I kind of feel bad that I have it this low is cabin in the woods. Okay. Um, if you know, scream was a take on slasher films. Cabin in the woods is a take on the horror fucking genre. Tequila is my lady. Yes. Um, do I even describe Cabin in the Woods? I Why don't like we just wait? Film Let's just... just talk Cabin in the Woods again. Okay. Uh, well, I was just going to say, like, cause, like everything about this film, you, you need to go in blind to. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this podcast, fuck you. Uh, hit the light on your overhead and Keegan will go over there and hit you over the head with a hammer because you are dumb. Number six is my cat's cabin <laughs> in the woods. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk it again. But let's I'll bloviate about it here in a little bit. Okay, what you got for six then? Uh my number six is uh I'm sorry we skipped over your cabin, but That's it's fine. very very high on my list. That's fine, though. Uh number six. Ari Aster's. Pick. Which one? Hereditary. Yeah. My number six is hereditary. Um I love hereditary um the first time i saw it you know i was like wow this is crazy cool awesome and then i left only one of two times in a the theater that i threw my hands up in the air with emotion yeah um hereditary is one of the most devastating movies ever made it's really sad i know i've said that and and it and it's and it's just goddamn dread the whole i mean you know i had never seen dread portrayed in the way ari aster did until i saw hereditary and and what i was gonna say was when i saw it the first time i liked it it wasn't until i got home and i was like you know ben i gotta shut my brother if you guys don't know i like to me and my brother like to show each other movies sure and so i'm like you gotta see this like i'm like i think you need to see hereditary he's like all right so we watched it during the day and it was on that second screening where i was like you know what i really liked this i think this is fucking one of the best movies ever made um, I really like Hereditary. Really like it. Now I like Midsummer. Midsummer has a lot of fun iconography, right? The 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 May Queen, the flower dress and and crown, the bear drinking of the menstrual blood. Uh, you said it, not me. Um, the, the, the hallucinogenics, the, the sacrifice. I mean, it has a lot of fun iconography. Don't get me wrong. Um, getting so rid of old people. I feel like Midsummer is the easier film to make t-shirts and all kinds of little shit for and post stuff about online. It's definitely the bigger film. Right. It's a lot more it's a it's a lot more fun to sort of talk about online. Um, even though it's devastating as well, it's a much more uprising, brighter film. So it, it but it's literally shot during the day. Exactly. For the most of it. But hereditary is just fucking wild. Um and I feel like Midsummer we've seen. You know, I feel like we've seen a lot of cult films where Yeah, it's it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Exactly. Or it's The Wicker Man or The Sacrament. You know Kids unwittingly go to crazy cult family. And cult eventually consumes everybody. Right. Right. So and I really, really like Midsummer. But for me, hereditary, I just think is and, and you know, it comes down to Tony Tony Collette's performance. You know, and and just the dread and the score and the way it looks and her in the corner of the room. I fucking love stuff like this. And it just really, the second time I saw it, and I I think I've seen it four or five times now, I'm like, this is fucking really good. Like, holy fuck, hereditary. That's where I'm at on this movie. So it's my number six of the whole decade. It's really good. And and I'm almost a little... I'm almost a little afraid of what Ari Aster does next because I'm worried that 
I think this might. There's no way he makes a better movie than this. There's no weird, way. I have a weird take on our list so far. Sure. You like more recent films, and I like the other end of the decade. Well, the other end of the decade is stacked at the top for me. Oh, okay. So well, I, I said the list so far. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. Hereditary. I mean, just goddamn it. I love this fucking movie. We've talked a lot about it um, because it came out during our pod, the, the pod. But uh, you know what's fucked up is that how long we've we been going. Yeah. What are we at? Five years now? Something like that. Okay. It was when I moved here, so like 2015. Yeah, five years. Whoops. Time flies and you're having fun, huh, Eric? Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyways, number six is hereditary. Is hereditary on your list? Hereditary is not on my list. Okay, cool. Do you want to speak on that or are you, you're confident in that? I'm confident in cool. that. Cool. You know, I just think it's gangbusters. I, I really, really like hereditary, but I guess yeah. just like to put myself through that torment sure. on a regular basis. I no, don't want for sure. Do. It, it, I think it's the film. But if Joe Bob's going to show Cannibal Holocaust, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I love Cannibal Holocaust. All right. My number six, hereditary, Eric. Eric, Eric. My number five is It Follows. Yeah. Uh, this is directed by David Robert Mitchell. Uh, it's about a woman who becomes haunted because of a man that she slept with. Yeah. And when I say haunted, she sees like ghosts that want to kill her. And she learns the only way to get rid of this is by just passing it on. And I feel like me describing that is really fucking dumb. Yeah, it but, is. But it works so well in the film. <laughs> I, I fucking love. In the film, it, yeah. it's like perfect. And I think in addition to that, just being like a fun, like original idea. The uh, score. That's what I was going to say. The way it's shot, the score, it makes it feel like, like how they all have like outdated technology. It makes it feel like it's not from 2014. And then it makes that, it feel like then, it's from a period that we love the most of all, the eighties. And then that chick has that like clam phone. Right. Exactly. Like, it, it's like a clam tablet. She's like reading on it or yeah, something what weird. It, it's yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it falls not on my list. It's not. No. And I felt bad. Oh about my it. God. Yeah, I know. Um, I couldn't, there's, there's, there's too many things. So in terms there's of too much stuff, I'm with you, but, uh, you know, in terms of it just being like this original idea in terms of the way it looks, I think it's fucking scary. Yeah, it's fucking creepy as hell. Uh, the way these ghosts—the best—is the naked man on the roof are portrayed. I was gonna say, remember, there's like a part where they're like, one of them's trying to like get in the room. Yeah, well, yeah, the tall guy. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And they like open the door and he like comes in. I know. But I was saying the best imagery in the film. Well, first oh. of all, is that girl fucking mangled on the beach? I was just gonna say it's Ica Monroe. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no so I struggled. Right, so it follows. I I have this list. It's it follows the witch, and uh, uh, like the Babadook. In in my opinion, is in there, and um, Hereditary. That's kind of the the brat pack, in my opinion, mm. of this decade. Decade, and I picked one of them, and it was Hereditary. I feel like this is the film I would gamble on. Like this is a film for like horror films. Yeah, but I could be like, Mom, you want to watch a movie? It follows would be like okay, we let's try this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she's not gonna like it. Yeah, but I'm gonna try to show it to her because I think it's that good. I really, really like it, dude. I I feel horrible for That's not wild. being on my list. I know, I know. It didn't make your list. I like I said, I feel like I had that brat pack, and I was like, I'm gonna pick one because, and this is what I'm saying: is it follows better than your next? Probably. Ooh. But I put well, your next I guess on my in list. my opinion, yes. Oh, there you I go. Because I got it higher. Officially, it is. Yeah. 
So that so okay. that was my number five. Number five. I feel bad about it. It's not on my list. Love we're, it follows. We're we're halfway through. Okay. Keegan, what you got for five? My number five film of the last ten years. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's a big movie. It's it chapter one. Damn. Yeah. You you got it. I'm, su- I'm surprised by that. No, I did not have it on your list at all. No. Nope. Wow. You know that very much surprises me. It chapter one. I like popcorn. Sure. So, um, I really like that movie. I think the second film is sort of soured. It's it. The second movie is not bad. I it's like it. I do too, but I feel like it sort of soured like that relationship with that first movie where I feel like that's a perfect movie. I really like it. Chapter one. I think it was. It's like the the shotgun shot of blast into the horror genre that we needed at that time. It's 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 so expend. It's like unreasonably expensively shot. I remember when I went to the theater to watch it and it was sold out, and I was like confused. Yeah. by that I was like, what the fuck. I, I feel like, you know, are, are we ever going to see a horror film this expensive again? Right. Probably not. It, it was event horror. Exactly. And you know me. Love event horror, love big horror events, and then when they're good. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever made. I I just I loved it chapter one. Um I gotta stay true to myself. This is just a huge movie of the twenty tens and I loved it. Why wouldn't it be on my list? Um the only thing it, the only reason it wouldn't is if I talked myself out of it. And why do that? I'll just it's fucking on my list. So I love it chapter one. We're not really I mean, what is there to discuss? Everybody knows it, everyone on the planet saw it. Right. Um, the only thing I can really say is the sequel is kind of a disappointment, but I still really liked it. Me too. Um, it chapter one is my number five of the last 10 years. So Eric, is that your four uh, or five? I'm on four now. Okay. And so we're getting to the, I mean, this is don't well, say yeah. heavy hitters. I, I, I feel I'm, like I'm, all these were already heavy hitters. I'm a little nervous now. What's, what's Eric's number four of the last 10 years? I'm going to be blown away if you don't have this on your list. And I'm talking about Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead remake. You don't got it on your fucking list? Eric, of course Evil oh. Dead remake's on my list. God damn it. Of course well, it you is. You were quiet. You were silent. Um, it's not this number. You're you're on four? I'm on four. It's higher. Okay. Of co- Eric, Fede Alvarez is Evil Dead. Of course it's on my list. Fede Alvarez is just so goddamn reliable. Yeah. I mean, his first full length is going to be the Evil Dead remake? And then he knocks it out of the fucking park. Like, how is that possible? You know, I, how is that fucking? I know we possible? repeat. I know we repeat the same phrases over and. How it's is that possible? Gangbusters. I don't understand how. You Absolute do that. gangbusters. How? How did fucking Sam Raimi and like Robert Mitchell, whatever that fucking dude's name is, Rupert Tapper, <laughs> Rupert Wyatt, Ro- Robert Tapper, Rupert Everett. You know, Sam Raimi's producing part. Like, how did they know? Rob Tapper. Yeah. How did they know? I like, don't know. This is I don't the know. dude. Who was and, just and, gonna knock it out of the they, fucking park? And how did they know? Like, let's let's piece this cast together perfectly. How did they know that? I, I don't know. What, I was, don't know. Was it was it Feedy? Feddy? Did he just walk in there and be like, "This is what the fuck I'm gonna I do, don't know. motherfucker"? This is gonna be fucking gory as shit. And he's gonna she's gonna chainsaw a bitch for about four seconds at the end while it's fucking raining blood. Your soul, yeah, it's so fucking good. It's, it's unreasonably good. I'll never forget seeing that trailer, and I was like, uh. Let's watch that again. What? Like when that trailer dropped. Mm. Remember, it was the it was the red band for the Evil Dead remake. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, cool. What do y'all got? Clicked it, and I was like, huh? Right. It was fucking bonkers gore. And then and then just like the misdirection of like yeah, 
there's no fucking Evil Dead. It's fucking drugs. Yeah. Like, that was a clever way to establish it. But Deadites. Uh, uh, and then I love how you think it's going to be Shiloh Fernandez is going to be our new Bruce. Nope. It's Mia. Yeah. And, so and they good. just announced it's going to be called Evil Dead Now is the next film. And here's what sucks. I'm seeing conflicting things like, is this real or not? Yeah. It's real. It's real. Why is it? Why can't we get more Mia? She made it out, at least we think. Right. Let's do that. They're, they're Let's not, do that. And they they say Mia it's going to be a separate story. I mean, I'll, I'll take more Evil Dead. Well, I mean, I'll take anything. I, I'll uh, take any goddamn thing I see in an ad. Uh, but, yeah. you know, we, I, I would have loved more uh, Jane Levy. Yeah, 100%. Loved. Um, and then back to, F- F- is it Fetty or Fetty? I say Fetty. I Fetty. don't know. Uh, just like, don't breathe is fucking amazing. That, amazing. Like, I mean, that should have been an honorable mention. Sure. Even that fucking girl in the Dragon Webs movie, like, in the Dragon Webs. I don't know. What the, fuck. <laughs> uh, the girl in the Spider Spider's Web. Web yeah. yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck about that, but like, it was like a solid film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed watching it. Um, but it wasn't like a horror film, so I didn't give a shit about it. Um, Evil Dead's my number four. Evil yeah. Dead remake. Totally. My number four is a remake. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's a reboot. Let's hear it. Well, my number four is a film I don't feel like you're going to list. And I feel like I have to. I love it. I rewatched it recently. It's great. The Hills of Ice 2? Yeah. No. It was fucking terrible. Go ahead. It's just Halloween 2018. I mean, that's that's what... Yeah. It's my number four. I mean, this is is fucking... You you say it's high. Four is high. How much worse could this movie have been? Way worse. Worse than that fucking... Resurrection? I was just going to say the confrontation between Laurie and Michael at the end. It's the worst part of the movie. Well, no, the worst part of the movie is Dr. Sartain. Let's not get into it. But, How uh, about this? Just, let me, just let me say one thing. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you with Dr. Sartain, but the first time you watched it, wasn't it at least intriguing? It's like, where are we going to fucking go with this guy? Yeah, but I think... Like, when he like puts on the mask, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, but I don't... What the fuck? I don't think just purely because a film is interesting on its first watch. It, is that less of a merit? Yeah. Because it doesn't hold up on a second Exactly. Viewing? Because then when you go back, it's like... It, oh, this and, sucks. And, and people say that about... Let's not do this. People say that about Last Jedi. And they say, oh, Last Jedi is subverting your expectations. And once you... But what I love about Last Jedi is that when you go back, it's much more than that. I don't think this is more than that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just... Like Last Jedi is challenging everything about Star Wars for a purpose because that's interesting to sort of understand what Star Wars is from a like a but that's not what's going on here. It's just misdirection. Okay. I think this is just misdirection and it's Dr. Sartain is the worst part of the movie, but everything else is so rock solid. I mean, this is exactly exactly what I would have wanted from a direct sequel to the first Halloween. And how could that not make my list? How could that not make my list? Halloween is my favorite horror film ever made. We got more Michael Myers that in 2018, we got more Michael Myers. Right. Um, and he's good. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever. I, I think that um, I love it, but I wish uh, I'm hoping for more slasher goodness. I wanted, we didn't get stalking. Remember I talked to that about that. Um, if I had to say anything about it, it needs more stalking. It needs more, you know, him Michael behind, behind a hedges. bush. Right. Uh, there's one shot in the movie where he's hiding behind a tree in his uh, uh, hospital gown. And I was like, ooh. And then there's not more of it. But for me, Jamie Lee Curtis is back, kicking ass. I like all the new characters. Judy Greer, 
fucking Andy Mandichek. And they're back this year for Halloween Kills. And let's hope I fucking love that too. I, I very much hope that I, the come this October, I'm revisiting the OG, the 2018, to prepare for. How exciting is today. that? How exciting is that? So anyways, Halloween 2018, if you know me, you know why it's on my list. Because I fucking love Halloween. So, that's my number four. Eric, you're number three. Number three. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Top three of the decade. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred goddamn times. Goddamn times. My favorite genre is zombie films. And so your favorite film of the decade was? And my number three is, allow me to butcher his name, Sang-Ho Yeon's Train to Busan. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. How fucking fire ass is Train to Busan? Oh, that's Busan. my number one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god. I love I, Train to Busan's great, but I you were you're the Train to Busan guy. Yes. Um. So you know, it's it's my favorite genre in uh in a new field, I guess. Yeah. Have we seen the, the we've seen them on planes, have but we seen haven't them, seen them on speeding we, trains. We've seen them on planes. We've seen them in automobiles, but have we seen them on a train? And then I forget what film you were talking about earlier, but it's a film like with heart. I have not watched yeah. that film and not cried at the end. For sure. Yeah. What movie was that with Hart? Tucker and Dale? Yeah, that was it. You yeah. got it. Yeah. So, I, so I like my Hardy we movies. We love Hart. And now this year, uh, Peninsula is coming out, yeah. which is going to be, it's not a direct sequel. It just happens to be the same virus Yes, uh, from Train to Busan. And Eric that, really likes viruses. That trailer was amazing. Did you watch that trailer? No. Holy fuck. Watch that trailer. Okay. Uh, I know WellGo USA is distributing it again, but I don't know how. Let's hope, as shitty as this sounds, let's hope VOD so I can watch it right away. Hell yeah. No, I know. You love that movie. I mean, I love it. The ending made me cry. It's a great movie. For whatever reason, it didn't connect to like me personally, but I really liked it. So it's just not on my list, but really good. Train to Busan's awesome. I love Train to Busan. Right, That's your uh, number three. Train to Busan well, is my we're going to be getting going quick here because we're going to repeat films. Okay. You ready? My number Let's three. It. Let's hear it. Is Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead remake. That's my number three. Well, we weren't uh, off from each other. No. I mean, you know, it's fucking the Evil Dead remake. It's, um, you know, it's weird. To me, it's like there's there's like two or three of these. It's like the, and I, I don't know if anyone else holds the Hills Have Eyes remake as high, uh, high as I do. I'm a big Alex Aja guy, so Wait, it's like. Please tell me you have a trinity of remakes. Yeah, what's well, modern, like recent. Stuff. No, no, that's what I mean. Cause so, I think, because obviously it's the thing. Yeah. The Blob, and. Uh, well, you you don't like one of them now. It's Dawn of the Dead, Hills Have Eyes, oh. and Evil Dead. Oh, The Fly. Yeah. Well, that, that's very interesting to me that you have a modern. Yeah. Uh, trinity. Trinity. Remake. Holy Trinity of okay. remakes. Yeah. Interesting. Very I mean. Interesting. Um, very different eras, but I mean, yeah, I, I really liked Dawn of the Dead, even though Zack Snyder, we know. They are two different decades, right? Yeah. Well, except for Hills Have Eyes and... Those are the... They're a year Dawn apart. Dead, they're right. a year apart, yeah. Um, but yeah, Evil Dead remake. I mean, it's just fucking... I'll never... Like, we will... I'll go ahead and say this. I doubt we ever see this much gore in a theater again. I doubt it. Um, you know, there's a new Saw movie coming... Yeah, I fucking doubt Damn, it. Damn, we should have seen that already. I know, Spiral. The fuck. fuck? I know. So we talked a lot about it. Evil Dead remake, greatest goddamn thing on the planet. Um, I'll never forget seeing I saw it like five times in theater. I remember, I, I think I went, it was sold out one night, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, people know about Evil Dead? Right. Uh, it made money. It was awesome. I wish we would have got a sequel to this sooner. Like, a direct one would have been cool, but 
Um, you know, we love evil dead. We're evil dead kids. And, um, even just that, I mean, if this was an original thing, just deadites fucking fucking people up, that chick cutting her arm off. Holy shit. Or, like, the, or the tongue. Yeah, the tongue. Or the fucking, uh, like in the bathroom, like how ugh, nasty shit, but it's awesome. Love that goddamn movie. And then, of course, yeah, the fucking deadite at the end. Your soul. Mm. Want to eat your soul? And then fucking raining blood. Awesome. So good. Literally raining blood. Raining blood so you know we talked about it already my number three is evil dead remake from 2013 i told you the top of my list is all early 20 uh 2010s eric what's your number two my number two is uh, a film that i wish we recorded this episode before the Cinestate fiasco oops uh because it's s craig zeller's bone tomahawk wow you're number two it's like let's put everything e-dog loves in one movie we're gonna mix it in a pot matthew fox Kurt Russell, it's a, okay. Uh, and then who's the dude who's also in Cabin in the Woods? He's in he's in Bone Tomahawk as well. Is he in Get Out? He's in pa- uh, Patrick Wilson. He's an older gentleman. Is it Richard Jenkins? Richard Jenkins! Anytime, though. Yes. So they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put Kurt Russell in a Western. Yep. Where they fight cannibals. And it's fucking gory as hell. Like somebody made that movie. Yeah. I like somebody made that movie and it's as cool as it sounds. Let's just forget for a second. For a moment. For a moment. S. Craig Zeller may be a terrible right wing asshole. <laughs> Let's just go ahead for, and for the two hours that. and 15 minute runtime. Yeah. Of Bone Tomahawk. That concerns me less than the Cinestate stuff. Like right. the, the, just that other shit that sucks. But you know, all you can do is talk about the film. Sure. You know, because that's the art, unfortunately, made produced possibly by assholes. Right. Um, and yeah, I like Bone Tomahawk. I never liked it as much as you did, but it's good. It's good. I, I love Bone The shit Tomahawk. at the end when they're like, well, I guess I shouldn't spoil it, but like how gory it gets it's and how wild. It's brutal as hell. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I got a really fucking dumb thing to say. And just so you know, I love Matthew Fox because of Lost and he's in it. He has a mustache. He does. Uh, I, I'm about to say the dumbest shit ever in the oh, world. Oh, wow. That'll be a new one. Okay, so today's Friday, June the 12th. I wish you wouldn't have said the date because this is going to come out eight months from now. Well, I mean, that's us. That's the, the film. That's the Ghoul Squad <laughs> way. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, Netflix released, I told you earlier, uh, Spike Lee's new film, The Five Bloods. Yep. Uh, it's about a group of uh, uh, Vietnam veterans who decide to return. And there's a part where they're just about to start to head into the forest. And I was like, what if this was a cannibal movie? And then it wasn't? No, of course it's not. Okay. Of course it's not. But like, that's, but that's, what that's if the it direction was? my head is always going. So you're going to give me a Western cannibal film? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to fucking love it, duh. And I'm going to put it at number fucking two. Eric wrote his, his list this uh, week. This is a piece of paper. This month. This, this eon. Okay, and okay. You, so your number two is Bone Tomahawk. And I've never felt more confident. No, that's cool. I mean, you've always been the Bone Tomahawk guy, so that makes I sense. I want to be the Bone Tomahawk guy. Well, let's see if you want to be when more information comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's in you got me there. Let's see if you want to be uh, you got me there. a month from now. Yes. Uh, no, so my number two, my next two films we've already spoken about. Um, they're bangers. Number two, James Wan's The Conjuring. The Conjuring yeah. Two. No. Uh, the Conjuring. 
But we you like know, The Conjuring too. Yeah, I like Conjuring too. Okay. So The Conjuring is, I feel like that that film as well as my my first film, these are the 2010s to me. These two movies, especially The Conjuring, is like that. That's the popcorn of the whole fucking decade to me. Um, I feel like this was just. I mean, I remember going to see it and not caring that much, and I'll tell you why. So previous to this, James Wan had done Insidious. And I loved that movie so much, they had announced Insidious Chapter 2. Conjuring came out, I want to say, in, uh, it was July, during the summer. And then uh, Insidious Chapter 2 was slated for, like, I think September or, or fucking October or something, like, later. And so all my focus was, 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 was looking at the sequel to the film I loved, which was Insidious. So I remember they're like, oh yeah, he, he has this movie, The Conjuring, and then, oh man, Insidious Chapter 2. Oh, I can't wait to see a sequel to that movie. And boy, I mean, that sequel's cool, but I had no idea. I remember going into The Conjuring, and I'll never forget like the title card. I will never forget in my whole life. Like Obviously, Annabelle is kind of like, the iconography of Annabelle is kind of a joke now. It's like, oh, the creepy doll, right? right. I'll never, ever forget sitting in that theater um, it coming on and the first image is Annabelle's eye zoomed in. It's the first time we've seen <laughs> and it. Yeah, and it hits the screen. It's just her eye. And it's a slow zoom back out of her eye and that girl's talking. She's like, it started, you know, she's like telling the story. I'm getting shivers thinking about it. And it's all quiet and it's fucking set. It looks like it's shot in the 70s. And um, and there, there's that scene. She's like, we we gave the demon position uh, uh, permission to move into the doll. And uh, uh, Vera Farmiga says, you did what? It's, uh, I'll never forget that opening. And then the opening ends with a big scare and all that shit. And then it fades out to black. And the fucking title card goes up and it's it's scrolling mm. up the screen. And it says like, this is based on the uh, cases by the Warrens. And this is based on all this shit. And it's like, and it says the conjuring. And it just scrolls up past the screen. And then we, we start the movie. Right. And I was like, holy fuck and i hadn't even seen the movie yet. I, all i'd seen is the opening but i just knew i was like this is my fucking shit have we should, god damn it should we have already seen the conjuring three by this point if there was no covid no oh uh no but um yeah i'll never ever forget that i remember i walked out of that and you know of course this is me no one gives a fuck like it's my i mean but i remember walking out thinking i think this is james wan's best movie and I felt weird about it at the time. Of course, now Conjuring is like, you know, it's in the lexicon, right? Sure. But at this time, you know, I was like, is it better than Saw? Is it better <laughs> than Insidious? And I remember walking out, I was like, that is his best fucking movie. And then, of course, like within the week or two later, I was like, oh, well, yeah, like this is the greatest fucking. I went, I went and saw it in theater like four more times. So I just thought it was gangbusters. And, you know, I really like Vera Farmiga and everybody knows that. I love all Farmigas. Um, and then, you know, young and old. Yes. Well, I wouldn't, I don't like the way you said young, but yeah, we <laughs> like Tysa as well. Um, but no. And then Patrick Wilson, big fan of. Yes. And, uh, so not only that, but then it's huge. It's shot expensive. A lot of it is slow zooms. There's, there's, uh, there's one really, really cool dynamic one shot early in the, the film where it's them setting up like kind of like the ghost hunters. They're not ghost hunters, but like the, it's really good. Um, all the camera work in it. I mean, it's like James Wan. I think it's it'll probably be the best movie he's ever made, I think. Like, yeah, he's going to do other shit. I think The Conjuring will probably always be the best movie he's ever made. Just because it's a perfect, taut 
horror movie that is terrifying. And of course he has all these crazy sequences like there's someone standing behind the door and all that shit. And then fucking the clapping, the fucking uh, sheets being taken off the kid and fucking looking under the bed and like somebody's standing right behind you. Uh, just is all it Conjuring 2 with the fire, with the toy fire truck? Yes. Oh. Um, just, I'll just never forget The Conjuring ever. I think this is, this to me, if it wasn't for my number one, which is pretty obvious at this point, um, this is the film of the 2010s. If I wasn't such a geek, dumbass horror fan, like we all are, um, it would be my number one. But my number one is so referencey and fucking... Anyways, um, number two is The Conjuring from 2013. Um, I am unabashedly in love with this movie and I don't care that it's pop. Like, you know, it's a popular movie. Like, it's always weird to be like, oh, this really popular film is one of my favorite movies of all time and it fucking is. So good. Love The Conjuring. I will, one last time, that opening. And it's like the fucking, then it scrolls. Like, these are based on the files of the Warrens and all this shit. And it says The Conjuring. Never forget that in my whole life. So, The Conjuring is number two. Eric, does that leave your number one? That leaves me number one. Well, that's exciting. Yep, it sure is. And you know why? Because that means we're almost done recording. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> Eric, what's your middle name? Cruz? Cruz. C-R-U-Z. Eric Cruiser Hoff. Yes. All right, you ready? What's your number one film of the 2010s? Okay, so we know what your number one is going to be. Yes, we do. My number one. May not even be a horror film, but do you expect anything else from me? It's upgrade. It's not upgrade. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, but once I say it, you're going to be like, oh. Hey, Jeremy yeah. Solonay's The Green Room. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Let me tell you about a little movie called The Green Room. Let me, t- let me tell you a little, little story. I think the I was in 10th grade when I found punk music. Let's fast forward, you know, 12 years. Uh, and now we got The Green Room. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so it's Anton Yelchin. Yep. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, so it's about uh, Anton Yelchin. He's Imogen in a, Poots. Uh, yes. Um, he's in a punk band, and they go to play a Nazi venue. When they witness a murder, they must literally fight their way out of the venue. And Nazi punks fuck off? And Yes, and just as I said about Bone Tomahawk, it's as cool as it sounds, and it's devastatingly violent for sure it's like you're feeling the hits they're taking yep making blair making blair and patrick stewart yep. is the villain which is kind of cool to see him casted in something as a nazi uh, like this yeah uh, i remember when i went to go see this film uh, i went to the alamo draft house in el paso texas fuck yeah um so i was glad that i was able to catch this in um let's, let's never mind what? I was going to joke and they say, let's hope there's no leadership at the draft house that, well, that has problems. First. I know. Tim League. Yeah. 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 Um, so Green Room is my number one favorite horror film of the past decade. Love Green Room. You know, it's not, not on your list. Exactly. Because to me, it's like, you know, it's it's like Annihilation or or or, uh, or, or Get Out. Or no, Fuck. Ben was taking a picture of us. Sorry. That's totally my fault. Um, it's like, you know, Annihilation or 10 Cloverfield Lane where I don't feel like it's like just a horror movie. Mm. Um, Green Room is more of like, I hate to even use the word thriller because it's that's cool. Thriller is cool. But um, thriller is cool. Thriller. <laughs> We're just saying, 
keep smiling for my brother's photos. Uh, where, what were the fuck were you talking about? Green Room. Green Room. Love Green Room. Oh, amazing. Don't Green really room think is. it's that horror, but I wouldn't argue on it. Right. I mean, it's a, it's ba- you know. So my number one. I would say Green Room is more horror than Upgrade. I agree. I, I guess just because both of them have you know violence. Sure. I have okay. I'm okay with putting them in in this realm. Well, my number one. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Is uh, you know, we already talked it, so we may not go that long. It's the cabin in the fucking woods. The cabin in the woods. It's about a group of kids who go to a cabin in the woods, and then whatever. It's you very expect, simple. And then whatever you would expect to happen in a horror yeah. film to a group of kids in a cabin in the woods, that's what happens. There's nothing underlying under the surface, no, literally or figuratively. Right. Uh, there is no references to horror no, you, past. You could or, never see a horror film in your life, and, and you, you would, would get, get everything film. about Cabin in the Woods. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. So you know this movie, perfect cast, perfect fucking really script, is. perfect direction. Drew Goddard, Joss Whedon co-wrote. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, this is the cabin in the woods. I think is it's the film from the 2010s for me. But again, it could be just because you know we're such horror geeks and it's speaking directly to us. But it's also not the same. It's not quite the same as like Scream. Scream is simply talking about horror movies. Cabin in the woods. They're making a horror movie, right? And they're sort of they're sort of you know they're they're, they're coming up with clever ways to produce a horror movie within the situation, you know, like the pheromones, I'm not going to spoil everything, but like the pheromones are like, um, you know, they put stuff in her hair cause she was going to bleach it blonde. You know, there's all these clever things. They're, they're, they're picking the monster. That's going to like, you know, could be a merman, you know, it's just, I use the word brilliant a lot. This is one of the most brilliant movies ever ever made and it's perfect fucking it's uh bradley whitford and richard jenkins Mm -hmm. tequila is my lady um mordecai baby the lambs have passed through the gate for slaughter what (laughs) oh yeah you did a great job uh um am i on speakerphone uh i don't know who's in the room morty you there? Uh, I love this fucking movie. I love it. Have you gone gray? Nemo, your shit's all topsy-turvy, man. Um, there are so many lines in this movie that I absolutely love. Uh, husband's bulge. Uh, I hope the train comes through here. Uh, I heard they're going to... The railroad's coming through here. The streets paved with real road, fucker. You were rude to my friend. Um puppeteers mm-hmm. i i just did you say pop tarts pop tarts um puppeteers our lives are not our own <laughs> uh it's so good it's so good uh chris hemsworth chris hemsworth yeah i mean Kristen connelly um, Kristen connelly Kristen. Kristen. um yeah, yeah i mean i'm done it's just the cabin in the woods it's a great i love this fucking movie if you've never seen the cabin in the woods please i mean you're insane it hit the light on the overhead and Keegan will go over there and hit you over the head with a hammer because you are dumb. Hit the light on the overhead and I can't mean, are you? <laughs> I'm referencing Tommy Boy, but he uses a politically incorrect term. Yeah, well, you should do that. I think this is a smart time to do that. Start saying politically incorrect terms. Yeah, I think this is a really smart uh, time in history to, to do that. Um. Anyways, I think that's fucking it. Okay. Yeah, Kevin the Woods the greatest fucking movie ever made. Okay, now that we're done with the topic... I want to get to something that I've just, you know, I've waited this past 
four or five hours to get to. Okay. Okay. My problems with Dead Girl. Now, if the kids are boning this zombie fucking rod dog, is she turn? Wouldn't they turn into a zombie too? Okay, we'll conclude this with the next episode. In, in fact, it'll be our, our next episode's entire topic. Right, will be ba- based Do you on turn into a the zombie merits of Dead Girl. If you fuck a zombie without a condom. Well, thank you, Eric. I yes. mean, you really helped out this uh, the end of this podcast. Um. Anyways, the puppy dog looks happy. Well, yeah, she Colby Jack. Too much. It's not a she. He's he? a, well. We don't know. Well, <laughs> We're not sure. Um, he's he he's pretty. <laughs> he is fixed. Yes. No, I'm saying it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it's a good looking dog. So maybe that's why I keep jumping to she. Well, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We're sorry it took us so goddamn long to record, which we never really fully discussed. Eric is terrified of the virus, so. <laughs> didn't want to be in person with these other people exactly yeah. which which i understand like it, it's pretty scary i'm not time. saying it could be you guys i mean it could be me as well yeah no i totally agree but this podcast is a life or death situation and it's only three of us yeah we well recommend. and the dog i'm not gonna you know this is a whole nother episode but i thought you couldn't transmit through animals well it depends on how you transmit we don't know what you do with animals eric I'm done. Um, thank you to Ben Preslak for letting us record at his house. Uh, thank you to Colby Jack uh, Cheese for barking and being annoying as fuck his entire life. Um, the dog seems happy. Well, There's another word for yeah. No, uh, Eric. Yes. Thank you for actually recording. Keegan, where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter at Ghoul Squad FM. You can find us on Instagram at Cool Squad FM. You can buy a t-shirt on T Public. Search Cool Squad FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I think that's pretty much it. Yep. Uh, next episode. What the fuck are we going to do? I don't know. It's a good question. I can tell you when. Three, four months from now. Eight months, nine months. Nine months, you might have a kid. Next year. Let's hope not. Ooh, man. But no, seriously. Getting real we'll, deep. <laughs> but you no, know, seriously, we'll have to discuss what the next topic is going to yeah. be. Yeah. And we're dragging, but uh, I really appreciate I terrible idea. Yes, that's every, great. Uh, every, Leprechaun again. Every, every horror film that's come out during COVID ranked. So how many is that? Like six? It'll be easy. It'll be easy. We got like Becky, Jack in the Box, and the Wretched. Becky, Tony, Ronnie, Jimmy. It had to go to v- the the stipulation will be it had to go to VOD. That sounds like it's a fucking horrible idea, Eric. I just, I just said it was a bad one. Even bringing that up. I just said it was a bad one because then we'd have to start counting all the the shutter exclusives. Very quickly, thank you to everybody out there that yes. sent us uh, video mess or audio messages that we played at the end of the last episode that no one liked, that nobody listened to. Uh, no, not the messages. Sorry, the episode because we're terrible. The messages were great. Like everyone that sent a message in, they were really fucking good. Yes. And then we shit the bed. We had a horrible episode. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I also want to say you had a friend contact you, Chris Sanchez. Chris Sanchez, a good if, friend of mine. Um, he told me he was traveling home from somewhere. Um, and that I guess he kind of he needed to kill some time. And so he thought, well, fuck, I got nowhere else to go. I'll listen to this piece of shit I'll podcast. I'll listen to the Ghoul Squad. And he said that it was good and that he even purchased some merch so thank you chris thank you chris sanchez appreciate it uh if you got this far thank you for listening to us ramble Uh, we're done um what ben yep you can find ghoul squad 
face coverings, masks yes. at tpublic.com. Tpublic has masks with our Ghoul Squad logo. But shit, you can get a coffee mug. You get but a shit. MacBook case. You want a fucking onesie for your baby? You want a onesie for that baby from that woman you don't even like? You can get it there. Brilliant, Eric. I appreciate that. And uh, I think now is the end of the podcast. I feel uh, like the dog, we can stop. It's just like doing its best to study Ben. Like, who the fuck is this motherfucker? Well, he's not quite sure who he is deep down inside. Right. <laughs> yeah, look yeah. at him. He really is not. Wow. He's like, uh, I don't know if I trust this dude. Uh, maybe we'll hold him for the photo. How dumb would that be? That'd be good. If one of us held hold Colby. Like baby. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's stop. Okay, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Good night. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Play us out, prom night. Yeah. <laughs>